didn't know it until now. You are the Common Sense Nation, and this is Radio Free Almond. Good morning, you bunch of drunks. In the evening breeze, listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you, please, don't fence me in. Don't fence me in. Just turn me loose. Let me straddle my old saddle underneath the western skies. On my guys, let me wander over yonder till I see the mountains rise. I want to ride to the river. God, good morning this morning, everybody. Good morning this morning. Good morning, uh, Ryan. Uh, good microphone over there? Yeah, sorry about oh, Okay. <laughs> good morning this morning. Yeah, we're on the radio. Digital. Yeah. Happy Tuesday, everybody. And you see, President Trump, I love this about these guys. They double down on the... Violent animals comment about MS-13 and for immediate release May 21st from the White House, the office of the press secretary, what you need to know about the violent animals of MS-13. <laughs> oh, to many innocent Americans. As too many innocent Americans have fallen victim to the unthinkable violence of MS-13's animals. (laughs) So you can see that the Trump administration and the Trump White House cares not a whit about whether or not the news media or Jeff Flake or anybody else really does care whether they use the term animals to describe the gang members of MS-13. So I love that about them. They don't, yeah. take, they don't uh, no. take any crap from anybody. So, folks, good morning. Got a lot going on this morning, including the truth about gun stats. Now, of course, because this is not really working out to be a situation where there is uh, anything really kind of easy cookie cutter in terms of the approach of, uh, of the gun story, it doesn't fit into anything really no. nicely at all. They can't really tag this on a gun show. They can't tag this on somebody just simply going out and buying a gun. And so they really have had a hard time trying to – well, let's put it this way. Listen to Chris Cuomo on CNN, and when he talks about how things don't set up great for the gun debate, this is kind there of how it all There were calls for the here. students here to pick up the gun control movement that we saw spark in Parkland. But there is no indication from what our crew has seen that that movement is taking hold here. 
it's interesting how the people, the kids in Santa Fe, they tried to get him to do the same thing they did in Parkland. And the kids in Santa Fe are like, no, thank you. Yeah. There is fatigue. This was another one. But after Parkland, after right. all that you saw, all the action that Kelly Clarkson's. Yeah, so Cuomo said, you know, there's fatigue. You know, people are just getting uh, tired. tired of these and they really don't want to be part of this. And it's really fatigue. It's like, Calling no. for after Parkland. That was, what, two months ago? This case in Santa Fe doesn't set up great for the gun debate, by the way. Uh, the Santa Fe shooting, as James, I'm sure, will go into detail, doesn't set up well. <laughs> <laughs> Cuomo did this multiple times in terms of using the term, doesn't set up as well. being a law away or one vetting step away from this not having happened. This case doesn't really set up that well in terms of <laughs> I mean, we were... This is unbelievable. These guys have no shame whatsoever. And it's really becoming to the point where they are just kind of like interviewing each other That's now. That's embarrassing. Oh, and this is, this is three separate times where you use the thing set up well. Because that's the way these guys think about how they, they try to position whatever incident may occur. And in this case, it was the Santa Fe shooting and how it fits into their narrative. And the set up well part is a great indication of how they really are attempting to make this set up to a certain degree well, yeah, they've already, for their agenda. They've already got the graphics and everything made for the AR-15 and the, yeah. you know, they've already got all those graphics made. So it's, you're right. It's not set up well because the producers are like, we don't have anything for shotguns and revolvers. Yeah. It's funny. Those kids down there are, are too busy. We're too, I'm sorry. We're too busy studying. We, 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 we really can't come over to the podium you have set up for us to do the gun control thing. And mourning. Like, they lost a lot of classmates, and the last thing they want to do is politicize. Yeah. Right, right. You know, it's interesting, too. You hear a lot from the stat monkeys out there about, well, let's put it this way. Jeff Greenfield, who is the been around a long time. I mean, I'm surprised he's still around, but... You know, he's he's been around since the days of the original Nightline and everything else. And he tweets out that in the rest of the world, there have been 18 school shootings in the last 20 years. In the U.S., there have been 18 school shootings since January 1. And you're thinking, really? There have been 18 school shootings since January 1st? Folks, you want to know what is described as a school shooting as the journalists out there start to amass the list of school shootings. I'll give you an example. I'll go all the way back to January. And since Jeff Greenfield brought it up, here's one January 3rd at East Olive Elementary School, a man committed suicide in a parking lot. That's school shooting Number one, January 4th at a high school in Seattle. Some guy, they don't know who it was, fired shots into the building. No injuries whatsoever in any way, shape, or form. On January 10th, a st- this is at Grayson College in Denison, Texas. A student unintentionally fired a bullet from a gun legally possessed by an instructor. It struck a wall. No injury. So I've just named three 
of the first three school shootings of 2018, and that's what they describe as school shootings. You want me to go more? January 10th, a student committed suicide in a bathroom at an elementary school in Arizona. No other injuries. That's school shooting number four, by the way. School shooting number five at the California State University in San Bernardino. Gunshots, most likely fired from off-campus, hit a campus building window. No injuries. One, two, three, four, five of the school shootings so far in 2018. Would you describe those as school shootings in the way the media wants you to describe them as school shootings? No. January 15th, Wiley College in Marshall, Texas. Shots fired from a car in a parking lot with one shot hitting the window of a residence hall. No injuries. That's the sixth shooting of 2018. And this is what they're counting. Right. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. Number seven. Wake Forest University, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. One student wounds another during an argument at a sorority party. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven through the 20th of January. Those are seven what are being described as school shootings if you listen to Jeff Greenfield and the other people in the media there. Here's another one. This this finally actually borders on a school shooting the way you might imagine a school shooting. This is at Italy High in Italy, Texas. A student opened fire in a cafeteria, wounded one student before firing another student and missing. So that's that's the first school shooting you could really say was a school shooting. January 22nd at a charter high school in Gentilly, Louisiana, Somebody fired shots at students standing in a parking lot. No injuries from gunshots. So, I w- again, that's, that's, a, that's what's described as a school shooting. When they say 18 school shootings already this year in 2018, as opposed to 18 shootings throughout the world. But they've got to really dig. I mean, you've got to really dig to find this stuff. Then in, let's see... Okay, here's the final. Here's one that that would amount to one. This is in Benton, Kentucky. Two students left dead in a mass shooting by a student. More than a dozen students injured. So that's that's a that's the second one of already ten I named. That would really be a school shooting. Then you have at Dearborn High School, individuals ejected from a game for fighting, shot in a parking lot. Another one, Philadelphia. Wounded in a fight in a parking lot. I love the one where, they, where the guy shot into a wall during a gun instruction class. That's described as a school shooting. Then you have, uh, there's a robbery in a parking lot that's described as a school shooting. There's a uh, student who pressed a trigger on a school liaison's officer's gun. So a student pressed the trigger on the school okay. officer's gun. That's described as a school shooting by the news media. Student fired a gun into the floor in a classroom in New York. That's described as a school shooting. So 
18 incidents in which a gun was fired inside a school or on school property, but only really three in Italy, Italy, Texas, Kentucky, and Florida were actually mass shootings. But it doesn't matter to them. If one's shot into a parking lot, that's described as a school shooting. So you get the idea of how the news media always tries to look for that setup nicely piece so they can continue to juice up all of these stats and where they continue to kind of claim that, you know, like for instance, the one we used yesterday where they're talking about how there are there are uh, more shootings in, I can't remember what, st- I mean, this is so hard to even remember. And I don't think right. even they remember because you know how, how a lie is really hard to remember. It's It's unfathomable how they can come up with this stat regarding the, Iraq war or Afghanistan war and the shootings there. It's like, and they won't count them up when it comes to the other folks uh, in Chicago and beyond. But that's how people lie about these stats and they do it routinely. That tweet, by the way, from Jeff Greenfield got 130,000 likes by these idiots on Twitter. Wow. Yeah. 130,000 likes. And it's basically patently false. But nobody's ever going to take the time, especially the news media, to say, okay, well, like you just did and said, okay, well, honestly, these really can't be classified as school shootings. I mean, shots into a building right, in a high school in Seattle wouldn't really Come classify on. as a school shooting. The setup thing that he said, though, was just, Damn I mean, I, it, it is very accurate. Yes. But, it is very accurate. Well, and, and, and it's, and it's, Damning to the news media, especially when you see Cuomo time and time again doing there were calls for the students here to pick up the gun control movement that we saw spark in Parkland. But there is no indication from what our crew has seen that that movement is taking hold here. There is fatigue. This was another one. But after Parkland, after all that you saw, all the action that Kelly Clarkson is calling for after Parkland... (laughs) That was, what, two months ago? This case in Santa Fe doesn't set up great for the gun debate, by the way. I mean, it's just the the very idea that this, what Kelly Clarkson is calling for, is pretty funny. Wait, Uh, The Santa Fe shooting, as James, I'm sure, will go into detail, doesn't set up well (laughs) as being a law away or one vetting step away from this not having happened. This case doesn't really set up that well in terms of we were one law away. One gun control law away from stopping this shooting. Yeah, see, he would have loved what he's saying right there is if if only this kid would have used an AR-15 that he bought. Gosh, that sure would have been nice. Sure would have been nice. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, and 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 I don't know whether he just doesn't realize that people have an ability to tape his program or see it. And it also indicates, too, that on three separate interviews where he used the same line, this is a guy who is a high-powered, highly paid anchor on CNN who basically needs to have things kind of written out for him or he actually uses a phrase and he'll just kind of keep going at it. And and doesn't even have any creativity, can't, can't organize a question without using something he's already said before. It's nuts, man. But that's what you see out there, folks, and that's what's going on. That was a great clip that you found, because that, 
gosh, that paints the picture of exactly where the liberal media is on this. And that this is all, as you said yesterday, they don't care about the kids. It's all a fake lie to push their narrative. Folks, we're looking forward to the arrival of Doug Giles. So I made I made the reservations for him to fly him from Austin to St. Louis, and that's going to be coming on the 8th of June. And we're, we, we're getting all the details nailed down gradually, and we have, of course, a book signing taking place on the 8th. That's going to be in the evening yeah. at a location to be determined. And then we also have the... Big fat. Well, here's what I'm doing. I'm calling it the warrior and the wild man. It doesn't matter. You can either call me the wild man uh, or him, or you can call me the warrior or him. And so we're going to have the uh, warrior and the wild man. Well, we'll call it, we're not really calling it a barbecue because we have all the food trucks out there. Right. So we're going to kind of call it a palooza. Yeah, it's going to be the <laughs> extravaganza radio free almond palooza. Throwdown is what we're going to call it. <laughs> That's what you do when you, when you have all kinds of food out there. So what we've done is I put up on the Facebook page a all call for your favorite food truck. And we already have, and I said, if you, if you want to let us know about a food truck or you have a food truck that you happen to be fond of or you actually own, then we've got spots for, I think, maybe three. About three food trucks, yeah. I think we're going to boil it down to. So we get three food trucks, and maybe we had we might have four if the fourth one is more of like a dessert or ice cream food truck. So if it's like got slushies or Italian ice or whatever you happen to have. And so, because it, it'll be, you know, warm day out there, hopefully. It'll be a nice day, yeah. hopefully. And so we'll have, we'll top, we'll probably max it out at four food trucks. So that means there's going to be a little bit of competition to have the food truck out there uh, at the lot. Now we will be, we're kind of sealing the deal on Wednesday for the location of that, but it will be somewhere around St. Peter's. So it'll be right off of 70 there and really easy for a lot of you to get to. And hopefully it'll be a beautiful day, but we're going to do it up. And Doug Giles will be kind of one of the featured guests there too. And our buddy Nine Killer is going to be spinning some tunes for us. And so we're just going to hang out. And Friday is going to be just the Doug Jowles book signing. So he'll have uh, Rules for Radical Christians, uh, Pussification, and rating, uh, Raising Righteous and Rowdy Girls. So be I'm good. excited. Yeah, it'll be, fun. it'll be a ton of fun and kind of the, uh, another one of those rollouts for Radio Free Almond. But it's great to get Doug Giles up here. I, I don't know how long it's taken me to I, I even when I was on the dinosaur radio station, I was trying to get him up here. And it just was taking forever for anybody just to kind of like do anything to get that guy up here. And really what prompted Doug to want to even make the trip up here was what he saw in terms of the response to Radio Free Almond. What he saw on Facebook in terms of interactivity, which by the way, we are we are unmatched in interactions on Facebook regarding our Facebook lives. You guys are really enjoying him and loving the HD uh, Facebook live. What up, everybody? How you doing? How you liking our studio? Lovely. Eventually, we're going to have a few cameras in here, and we're kind of going to make it a TV show, but uh, that's going to be happening down the line. Uh, it is a TV show now. It's just that uh, we're going to have a little bit of a different yeah. uh, vibe in terms of the angles and those kinds of things. But he saw that, and he saw the streaming. 
and our streaming numbers are amazing. Digital radio is where it's at. In fact, I talked to somebody the other day, and she has been working in digital radio, in the digital radio business for a long time, Sarah, who's an old friend of mine. And she says, man, I'm, I'm so glad somebody's finally talking about this because it is truly the future, and it is pretty amazing. Now, we are also going to ultimately populate Radio Free Almond with a bunch of different shows. So this is going to be developing, and you guys are at the ground level now, and it's nothing short of amazing what we've been able to pull together already. And yet you will remember the days when Radio Free Almond was basically me in my piano room and then ultimately <laughs> me in the studio, ultimately a 24-7 operation. Ultimately, uh, you remember it as just the Radio Free Almond in the morning show, but then we're going to have all kinds of different shows on for you that you could use uh, and, and tap into with your app on a regular basis. Yeah, you never, ever have to, quote, unquote, turn the dial. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are those guys working out? Did you get the, did you get, we've got some guys who we met and, and who had emailed us a while back, and it was some kind of uh, the nerd show. What yeah, was it? I got to show it? you the demo. Yeah, so they yeah. put a, together a demo for us, and this is kind of off the grid because what we're going to do is we're going to have obviously a variety of shows. We're not going to we're not going to water down the network too right. much with a bunch of weird stuff. I mean, we really want to keep things informative uh, and entertaining, but we also kind of want to step back a little bit and and we'll have some fun shows okay on for you fun. as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and as you all know, you guys love the Henry Davis uh, appearance yesterday. So we're working with Henry on because of his schedule, he can only do. Uh, one show a week, I think, at this point. It'll depend on how we how we do this, and we will uh, make sure that we uh, get him on with his uh, the Henry Davis show on Saturdays. By the way, I was going to give you an update on on our on our good friend old Henry. Yes, yeah. Yesterday, you know, he said he was going to go Facebook Live after the court case, and that was going to wrap up his book. Yeah, the court case didn't lean his way. Yeah, well, that's why he texted me and said. <laughs> I need to give have you as a witness next time. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I was wondering did, what that was. He did a Facebook Live, <laughs> and he said that the judge, he said he was not going to pull the race card, and he did say that up front. He said, but the judge was white, and the sheriff was white, and the, he said it, he felt a little bit like he was, like his back was against the wall on the deal, but the judge kind of favored him a little bit, but said at the end, you can't have defamation without a witness. You can't just claim defamation. You have to have witnesses to say that they heard and saw your character defamed. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so, and I, th I think he could have established that. I, I don't know whether he probably should have had maybe an attorney or probably something. Probably should have had an attorney. Right. Yeah. Because, for instance, with our defamation case, uh, which we will be pursuing against a number of different entities, it'll be it'll be very evident, uh, yes. especially since all of them who are targeted corrected their language, which was, unbeknownst to them, a basically an admission of their guilt. Definitely. And so, uh, but that's what happens because they, what they think is that I'm I've forgotten about them. Hey, so I, I, I pretty much know they know. I'm like, for instance, the Riverfront Times. Like, I, I'm sure that that harpy over there, who is the editor, who said that I threatened to sodomize uh, 
yes. David Hogg. I'm sure she forgets that I, first of all, have this thing screenshotted, and I'm sure that she doesn't realize that I still, I still remember what what they did, <laughs> and we still have everything documented. So I think they, I think they, they, I think they think that I just forgot, and if and if they just don't say anything, then it'll just slowly it'll just go, go away, away, and I'll forget about it. But <laughs> no, these things take time, and I've got I've got one other suit to be filed before I file the third one. So I, I don't I, I think they think that if they just lay low and don't do anything or say anything or if they just start to adopt different language that somehow that changes what happened in those fateful days of April. I don't they, know whether they, they clearly just think aren't that. watching the Facebook live stream to see that your shirt that you're wearing today, you haven't even forgotten about oil spills. I have not. Point. No, no. Oh, no. no. Well, in fact, you know, uh, this oil <laughs> spill that I'm talking about is the Gulf Coast oil spill that occurred in around 2009, 2010. Yeah. And I see it says Gulf Coast Warrior on there. See? Yeah. And I went down there during the oil spill. Everybody, everybody was a pansy because they thought there was oil all over the beaches down there at the Emerald Coast okay. because of the uh, uh, Exxon. Was yeah. it a- I think it was Exxon. Exxon, yeah. yeah. Was it the Exxon oil spill, or was it B- it was BP? BP, it was BP. BP. Yeah, and it, we're talking maybe I think we're mixing it up with the Exxon Valdez. Yeah. Right? So the uh, quickly though before Sorry. we get to this, but <laughs> the 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 thing with the defamation deal is. Uh, all you have to do is prove that individuals printed something not only knowing it was false, but not knowing it was true. So, so, so it's called a reckless disregard for the truth. So there are a lot of people who think, well, he's a public figure right. and they can say anything they want. Not when you accuse somebody of a crime. Right. And especially a sex crime. That's... When you don't know it to be true, you're disregarding the truth of what you're saying. So when you're an editor of a rag like the RFT or a writer there, and you say that I threatened to sodomize David Hogg, you better be pretty damn sure that I threatened to sodomize David Hogg. Because otherwise, if you're not sure that that is true and you printed it, then you're disregarding the truth, and recklessly so, we will prove. If you are the Washington Post and you say that I threatened to sexually assault David Hogg, you better be sure that I threatened to sexually assault David Hogg. And if you're not sure, you need to change the headline, which is what they did. (laughs) Could have probably been better off never 15 minutes after (laughs) they did it. But but and 15 minutes after I screenshotted it, so it's forever there. If you say, as the Washington Press did, that I threatened, that I fantasized about sexually assaulting David Hogg, you better be sure that I fantasized about sexually assaulting David Hogg. If you're not sure, then you should not print it in your publication. And if you do... You are, again, recklessly disregarding the truth. If you're the editorial board of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and you say that I threatened to sexually assault David Hogg, you better be sure that I threatened to sexually assault David Hogg. If you're the editors of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch 
And after Joe Holloman asks you not to use the term anymore and you stop using the term and instead turn it to criticize David Hogg, then you basically have just convicted yourself. It's not going to take me a whole lot of time to prove that you knew you were wrong the first time because you corrected it right. around the fifth time. So those kinds of things are things that people... So now with, with Henry, I think he had to prove that somehow throughout the internet, the claim was made that he was a criminal. Right. And so all he had to do probably was have a couple people who said, yeah, I, I basically... But you also have to prove damages in a defamation case. Now, you know as well as I do, I can, in my case, yes. I can clearly prove damages. It's tougher in probably his case because he's not, he's a public figure, but he's not necessarily, he doesn't make, he doesn't have sponsors that I know of or advertisers. Right, that exactly. It's a little tougher, I'm sure. Yeah. So it'll get to the, so you, so, you, so you can, if you can prove damages and prove that what was said did in fact hurt, uh, you. hurt you yeah. financially and it, with your reputation and everything else, then that's pretty easy to do. And so that'll be the interesting part. That'll be towards the uh, end of the summer when we do that kind and of thing. And you do have attorneys. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This isn't a small claims court kind of deal. I'm already trying to figure out what I'm going to rename the Riverfront Times. <laughs> will, it, will it be so- – I think I might rename it Sauce Magazine. <laughs> they would love that. Or, may- or maybe since it's the RFT, I'll rename it RFA. I'll, I'm just I'm just trying to figure no, out what, what of yeah. Of course, RFA. It's only one letter change. Yes. So like on the building, you only have you only have to remove one letter. Yes. Yes. That's just cost efficient. Oh yeah. That's yeah. conservative of you. And I'll have the writer and the editor shine my shoes, even though I don't wear shoes. <laughs> that's how hard it's going to be for this rag called the RFT. But no, anyway, that, that's but that's down the line. So anyway, back to the Gulf okay. Coast Warrior. So 2010, we've got the um, we've got the BP oil spill. Yep, and people already BP already had a reputation for having really dirty bathrooms. Oh, they have the worst. Like you don't stop at a BP. No, if you never. see a BP station, what's the next exit? Never. I mean, usually either if the bathrooms are dirty. Uh, if the bathrooms are dirty, then there are bags over the uh, over the pumps. hose nozzles over the pumps. Because they're out of gas or something. Why like that. is that? Because it's just, <laughs> it's British petroleum. <laughs> I mean, you know, who gets gasoline from Brits anyway? So they, uh, so they, I know there are good BP people out there, so I don't want to, I don't want to, yeah. Even during the, the spill, people were blaming BP uh, gas stations for the spill, which was unfair. Yeah, it's unfair. But anyway, so the spill happens. And then no one goes down to the Gulf Coast, uh, to the Emerald Coast. So you're talking about Seaside and Destin and all that area down there and the Alabama part. And then it's beautiful down there, Rosemary Beach, everything else, Pensacola. And so people weren't going down there because they thought that everything was covered in oil, which was a horrible thing that the media did to that area down there. Because it's much like when we had the flood of 93, Mm -hmm. or even for that matter, Ferguson. Everybody thought, everybody thought that the entirety of the St. Louis area was covered in water. You'd get calls from people from out of town going, oh my God, are you guys under, are you guys okay? 
yeah, we're fine. There's yeah. just like a flood up north of us. <laughs> it is bad, but it's not, you know, and, there, and there's maybe a little water going up the arch mm. steps. That's pretty much about it. But they, you got this appearance that the entirety of the St. Louis area is underwater. Much like with Ferguson, you got this impression that... There's mass riots, riots everywhere. in Arnold. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, how are you doing down there? I go, we're fine, thank you. Yeah. We're 40 minutes I'm not away. in Ferguson. So yeah. we're, just, we're just perfect, thank you very much. And so, but everybody thought that. And, oh, that's a great point. And, and the way they did with the oil spill is all they had to do was they keep looping this video of oil squirting out of, you know, some fixture down below in the ocean. And they kept on showing that picture over and over again. So no Gosh. one was going down to the Emerald Coast on there, which is beautiful, which is where I go every summer. Uh, the, the Rosemary Beach, Alice yeah. Beach, that whole area down there. And it's very crowded anyway, but we went down there, hell or high water anyway, because we had already rented a place before the spill, everything else. And so we went down there, and people were going, you're going down there? Isn't there oil? I go, no, there's not. There were occasionally when we were down there, there were people who were running around in the gators, you know, with the the hazmat suits on, doing stuff, picking stuff up, that kind of thing. But for the most part, and you'd occasionally find like a like a ball of coagulated oil, which is what you kind of find there anyway, right. because there are a bunch of rigs off to the off the coast there. But for the most part, the the probably the the thing you had to watch out for most in certain areas where there where the spill was really predominant was the uh, surfactant, the, the the stuff they used to clean the oil it was off like the, the Dawn water. dishwashing type, yeah, that so, kind of stuff. Yeah. But for the most part. The water was clean. Right. Everything was fine. We were going in. The ocean was great. I was eating Apalachicola oysters, everything else from the place. So I was not concerned at all. But unfortunately, there was a uh, there were uh, business after business that essentially was going down the tubes because nobody was there. Restaurants were closing, and the, keep in mind these people down there at the Emerald Coast. They, it's the only thing that keeps them afloat right. throughout the entirety of the winter is their business that they get during the summertime. It's the only thing that keeps them going there. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, what happens is uh, it doesn't matter at that point. Everybody's already been scared off. And I was doing these uh, Facebook reports from down there okay uh, while i was you know, still doing radio and everything else i was doing facebook reports and doing all kinds of stuff telling people hey continue to come on down here whatever you it's know nice. you need to come at you know, fort walton beach everything else yeah. you need to keep coming down here and and and, and enjoying the water because it's fine but it was too bad to see so many of these businesses going down the tubes yeah and lost just their businesses basically yeah it, it is bad. yeah and the you're right i mean i i know you're painting a picture of the media here uh they do this all the time. Anytime something happens, if you show the same image over and over again and you are constantly digesting that as a viewer, yeah, you have no choice but to think, oh, my gosh. Well, if you, I mean, if you're seeing basically a, a oil rig or whatever it is, whatever that pipe was down right. there, they, they Just, kept showing yeah. it's spewing oil. Even after it had stopped spewing oil, still- they kept showing the thing spewing oil. So at some point, but but again, the media doesn't care. And you know, while I was down there, 
I didn't see anybody from the media down there reporting on what was going on. I didn't see anybody. They're just. Yeah, they they, yeah. They, they they were just reporting it nationally and scaring everybody away. So that's why I got this uh, I got this T shirt and I became the Gulf Coast Warrior. It's so a cool. strong statement. Yeah, of man. A shirt. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and and it's true. I mean that that it didn't, you know, to to build this whole thing up and it didn't take long. But you know, in the end, it's the the ocean and the wild is kind of like the human body. You'd be surprised what it can withstand. Yes. And what was at the time a disaster and that it was going to be just a horrible thing for everything. Uh, the long-term effects are not there. In fact, there were there you know you there wasn't these there weren't these oil-covered birds all showing up, and there wasn't right. f- like fish covered in oil. No, they and, found the one. Yeah, recorded it. Yeah, and then loop it. And the oysters still tasted beautifully. Yeah. All right. Coming up, we're going to cover too. This I can't believe what's going on with this Greitens case. This thing is has become such a witch hunt. Such a now that this special prosecutor's involved, and Kim yeah. Gardner's been able to wash her hands of the thing, it's unbelievable how this woman is getting away with what she's getting away with and how these people just continue, because we have the Greitens impeachment process going on right now. She can't touch the case anymore, though. Oh, yeah, but, but it is unbelievable. And again, I don't think these guys have a case at all. And now, of course, uh, Josh Hawley ruled that Greitens can't use state-paid-for attorneys to defend himself in a state-run impeachment case, which doesn't make any sense at all. That's wrong. It's unbelievable what's happening here. So we'll follow up on that. And plus, you know, you know uh, speaking of science and everything else, you know Michael Eric Dyson? Yeah. Uh, do you, do you, I find him exceedingly annoying but the left loves him they do like him. because he's he's one of those lefty scientists and boy you should have seen him get his ass handed to him over his statements about white privilege it was a joy to behold and so we've got that going on for you without further ado ladies and gentlemen our national anthem oh say can you see by the dawn's early what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight, all the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming.
And good morning this morning, everybody. Good morning, you little Todd. Like Todd Rundgren, do you? I do, actually. It's very gentle uh, restaurant buffet music. <laughs> you didn't like that. That wasn't exactly the answer I was looking for. <laughs> That's not, but the song. I one time asked the dumbest question ever. <laughs> That's what you're relating to. Todd to Lundgren. Me. Okay. He was performing in St. Louis, and I met him. He was going off at the Ritz. I don't know why I was doing this, but working at Channel 4. And... I, I don't know. Why, why was I covering Todd Rundgren for Channel 4? But anyway, I think I was just interested for the sake of being interested. And I asked Todd Rundgren. He was he was leaving, okay, after performing in St. Louis. I said, when are you coming back? He goes, I don't know. I haven't left yet. <laughs> he looked at me like I was a t- total idiot. And I was. Why I would I have that asked that, though, too. Hey, when are you coming back? When are you going to come back to St. Louis? Like... Because you're leaving, that's not a dumb. But question. he, but he, but he was accurately like befuddled though. I mean, I, I mean, he's kind of like, I, I haven't left town yet. Why are you asking when I'm coming back? Oh, I'm just see, now, like, nah, he overread that. He took that to the extreme. Because I would ask a family member if, if they were leaving my house, I'd be like, "Hey, man, where are you guys coming back? Come again now?" Yeah, I don't know. He, you know how they are. Sometimes they just get a little impatient with I us. think you're being critical. St. Louis. Of yourself. Our rubes down there in St. Louis. All right, so here's the deal. It's now going to be up to a prosecutor from Jackson County. I, I looked at this in the headline. I was going, wait a minute. I thought this was already taken care of. The charges were dismissed in large part because the prosecutor, Kim Gardner, is a coward, and she didn't want to testify, and she knew that if she did, she'd probably be caught in a massive number of lies and would be revealed as being corrupt, and this Tisby character would also be impugned. And so at that point, she decided just to drop the case even though she actually could have testified and had somebody in her office go ahead and handle the case. But instead what she did was she just bowed out and dismissed the case. At that point, it should be pretty clear that there's nothing here. At that point, it should be pretty clear that she had to build a case based on lies and on manipulations in order to get Greitens even in the courtroom. And it should have just gone away. But now it's in the hands of a special prosecutor in Jackson County to determine whether or not 
the invasion of privacy against a case against Greitens will move forward. Did, do you think she, this was all led by her, or do you think she was just merely kind of a puppet in this, in this case, you know, in, in trying to do this to Greitens? Oh, no, I, I don't. I would not let her off the hook in that fashion at all. No. As a puppet? Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, she, if anything, she's the puppet mistress here. Okay. Uh, because That's what between Stacy Newman and the situation regarding her basically recruiting this woman, who, by the way, now apparently is singing like a songbird about the whole thing. Uh, because here's what's happening. The woman who was essentially dragged into this to, to begin with and who I was attempting to kind of protect and keep because it was clear that she didn't want to have anything to do with this and that her ex-husband was the one who went to the media with his tape and did all that kind of stuff. And it was pretty clear that this was a situation where this was pretty much being rigged and she didn't want anything. But apparently there were a lot of people, including Stacey Newman, who directed her towards Kim Gardner and who got her the attorney and all this kind of stuff because these people were going to have none of this just, oh, it's just a between two people private thing. It was an affair. Yeah, horrible. But it still is a personal matter. Right. They needed to have Greitens' scalp. And they were more than happy, and apparently now this woman is more than happy to cooperate because she apparently doesn't want to let people like Stacey Newman and the other group who wants to get rid of Greitens down. I mean, there's there's too much at stake at this point. So she's apparently wow. on she's on Channel Five. I didn't see the story, but she's interviewed on Channel Five last night, just babbling away about the thing. And so now wow. it's weird how suddenly she's it's because the case is falling apart. And so they got to get out there. And now listen to this, though. The uh, special prosecutor, Gene Peters Baker. So listen to this. Uh, Judge Burleson basically said, okay, Kim Gardner, you can recuse yourself from the case. And that means a special prosecutor will decide the charge. So now Kim Gardner is being allowed to recuse herself from the case, just to kind of walk away, even though obviously there have been Complaints made by the Greitens attorney team to, to and, and police reports filed to get her investigated for perjury right. and beyond. So that's not going away. But boy, I'll tell you, you got it. You talk about privilege. Kim Gardner's yeah. got it all over her. I mean, this this banana republic known as the city of St. Louis is so it's so vile. It's it, the way the, the, the people operate. You saw what happened even with the, the mere attempt to cut down the number of aldermen, which, by the way, I think it's at 26 now. <laughs> 26 aldermen for a community of just below 300,000. 26 aldermen. Most of these aldermanic wards ought to be erased, and most of them are in, in North St. Louis, by the way, and, and those North St. Louis aldermen will have None of that, thank you very much. They're they're too bad. They're too busy with their little fiefdoms over there and their their establishment of power. So they're never going to let that happen. Of course, Lida Krusen, yeah. the mayor, summarily is in lockstep because it, because if she agrees to the reduction of the number of wards and the wards happen to be yes. in places where basically nobody lives. She'll still be portrayed as being racist. So yes. there she is going ahead. And, no, and she has to she, just. Yeah. Yeah, so then we, anyways, but, but so 
she's able to recuse herself. And now we have this uh, judge saying, okay, now this uh, prosecutor has discretion to consider not only the invasion of privacy charge, but, quote, other incidents involving the same victim. So now they're going to not only only consider what's going on, now they're going to try to widen the thing to the point, and, and that's why you have the alleged victim. I don't know why they're calling her a victim, because it's, it hasn't it's been, been established right. that she's a victim. But, See, but, that's... They always, but they always do that. If, if the media basically decides you're a victim without any court, it will still call you a victim because that's what the media feels you are, even though it hasn't been established this woman is a victim. I haven't seen a court case where it's been established that this woman is a victim. Opposite at this point. Opposite at this point, because the one thing that was claimed was the photo, and there was no photo. Right. And there still is no photo that we know of. No. So, but other incidents involving the same victim. So that, that, that occurred from March 21st, 2015 to September 1st. So now, not only has Kim Gardner been able to recruit herself from this corrupt mess of a case and just walk away from it after, the, after she dismissed the charge only because she didn't want to have to face questions from the defense team, which I had said at the very beginning was going to just absolutely tear her apart because she's an amateur and she's way above uh, over her head on this, uh, even with the the job itself. And so now they're able to include all kinds of other things, including, for instance, I think there was one allegation that he, he somehow he slapped her or did something like that. And so now everything is kind of coming out, and now you know why she's now hitting the media circuit right now. Oh, well, yeah. Because, because that's what they're attempting to do. Because they know they can't get this invasion of privacy conviction. The special prosecutor knows it now. Kim Gardner knew it. They know they can't get this particular conviction. So they're going to go ahead and try to widen it out so they can pick out something else. And I guarantee you that this special prosecutor is going to come up with something else to pile onto the invasion of privacy charge. This is unbelievable. And the fact that we have an impeachment hearing getting ready to happen, of course they're going to do the media rounds. The more they can pump this up, uh, at the end of the day, they just want Greitens gone. So whatever they can do to do that, that's what they're doing. So now Gardner, though, even though she has recused herself from it, she can still be a witness in this in case. case. So now Gardner has gone from being a failed, disheveled, corrupt, inept prosecutor to now being able to be a witness Unbelievable. in a case regarding the special prosecutor. What third world are we living in when it comes to Democrat politics in this, in this state and Republican politics, for that matter, but I'm, I'm, I'm now dealing just with this one. So it's interesting how also the media is leaving all the criticism of Gardner up to the defense team. Like, for instance, the media, when it like the St. Louis Post-Dispatch in particular, yeah. when it wants to determine that it wants to bring you down, 
they'll pull out all the stops in their investigatory toolbox. They'll they'll just leave no stone unturned. But it seems to me that no one really is taking any time at all to investigate the corruption within the Gardner office. No one's asking pertinent questions. Gardner apparently is just running around like Pippi Longstocking, you know, just, just having a good time. Just, just, oh, I'm just innocent here. I'm just kind of running around doing my thing. When, when, and it's because the news media in this town are afraid of blacks, specifically black leaders like Kim Gardner, because they're afraid of being portrayed as racist. Yep. And so, if you are a corrupt black politician in St. Louis, you're ba- you're you're basically able to skate as far as you can skate without anybody getting in your way, especially with the news media here in, in town. And Kim Gardner, it's only because, in my opinion, of her race that she's getting invo- that she's walking away from this thing because they're afraid to touch her. They're afraid to go after her because they're afraid of being called racist because that's what people do in this town and in this country is the minute you dare criticize anybody of any minority status in oh, yeah. any position yeah. of power, you're, you're automatically racist. Like, yeah. for instance, if you disagreed with Barack Obama on something, yep. it had to be because he was black and not because of the fact that you disagreed with what yeah. he had to say. If you dare question Kim Gardner, who, what are they, is she the first black circuit attorney or something like that? Yeah, so, I think so. So, so of yeah. course, you, you must not at all in any way, shape, or form no. Uh, ask any questions of Thou the first not black circuit attorney. Yes. It's all. It's all. You know. Even though it's not only the Greitens case that is proof of her ineptitude. It's the fact that most of these people who are who are working there or have worked there left. She. <laughs> she. The only reason she had to hire this guy from out state is because she didn't have anybody left You're to right. help her out. Right. Or who was who had any abilities to be able to help her out. So. That's really what's going on here. Now, on top of that, and this is inexplicable too, Josh Hawley has decided that Governor Greitens cannot use a taxpayer-funded defense team in an impeachment proceeding brought by the state. Right. So so (laughs) if it weren't for emissaries of the state, and in this case, elected lawmakers bringing a case, because clearly they're using tax dollars to prosecute and to hold the impeachment proceedings. They're using, we're we're keeping the lights on in Jefferson City at the Capitol there. We're paying these lawmakers who are down there doing these proceedings. We're still paying them. This special session that they called... Uh, it's not free. We're, we're paying yeah. for everything. We're paying for the lights to be kept on in their offices. We're paying for essentially their stipend when it comes to their meals and all that kind of thing because they, they do get oh, a certain yeah. level of – they do get a certain allowance there, so we're paying for that. We're paying clearly for all the paperwork, for all the copies being made, for all the papers being drawn up, for the time spent because clearly there are individuals uh, who are – working on this impeachment proceeding who are paid attorneys. I mean, there's somebody with some kind of law degree, and some of them are lawmakers, but they're they're using counsel to draw up certain documents and those kinds of things. But Governor Greitens is not allowed in any way, shape, or form to use a taxpayer-funded attorney when, in, in, in my opinion, he ought to be able to because they're the ones who are bringing the action. Yeah. 
that's unbelievable that that can even happen. So I'm sitting there wondering how Greitens is able to get anything done with all of this. Well, you know what? To his credit, he is. He's he's still going out there, still doing things for veterans. And, 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 wow. But, but the, keep in mind, Governor Greitens is the executive branch of government. Right. From so 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 when it comes to when it comes to get, getting things done, the people who are supposed to be getting things done, you know what they're doing? They're, trying they're holding to impeachment him. hearings. Yeah, yeah. And, and and when they weren't holding impeachment hearings in a special session, they were blathering in front of microphones about how horrible Eric Greitens is and how he ought to resign. Remember that? Yeah. I mean, you had you had uh, Shama Dogan mm-hmm. and all these other Republicrats out there who were standing in front of microphones saying that he needs to go, and and I was like, at one point, and this was back, you With know, no while I was still on TV. I was like, uh, people, why don't you get busy taking care of business over there? What did the legislature accomplish that it wanted to accomplish in the spring session? There are a lot of things left on the cutting room floor that they didn't get done. So. So when you ask the question, how is Governor Greitens able to do anything? He's only one person. He's right. only one branch of the government. Yeah. And the legislative branch, they are the ones who are tasked with either executing the uh, the wishes of a Republican governor, right. and that would be the Republican legislature, or developing their own kinds of plans. And they did pass, um, I think they passed a gas tax. Thank, uh, Yeah, thank you very yeah. much. I think now also we're we're now going to be uh, faced with having to uh, increase our money for our taxes for the zoo, <laughs> and you know, as far as I'm concerned, why don't you charge a couple bucks for the zoo? I mean, really? I agree. I mean, why I- do they have to make the zoo? We are, you know, they brag about it. We're the one of the only free zoos in the country. That's 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 actually a bad thing. Yeah, I, I would rather pay a few dollars than have our tax dollars and everything else being messed with, so we can go to the zoo. For even the, if it was a dollar, yeah. I mean, e- even if it was just a dollar, you could make up for the amount of money that they're going to try to charge us in terms of increasing our taxes with waste for the for the zoo. Yeah, that that, that some people who are paying the taxes they don't even go there. Now I realize that we all ought to be. We all ought to be uh, very. Uh, we ought to be culturally uh, aware, and zoos are good things. I actually have a big issue with zoos. Period. I, do too. I, don't I think like a them. zoo is no place for an animal. I don't either. And and I don't care how much wheat grass you you, you bury the animal in. It still is, in my opinion, inhumane to have a zoo. I period. Agree. I agree. I'm not a fan of zoos. And I know, oh gosh, we're going to get a ton of people who tell us that they take injured animals that would never survive in the wild, and that's why they put them in the zoo. So it's either put the animal down or they put them in a zoo. But I mean, I just feel so bad for these polar bears and things that are just stuck in these, what, you know, 50 by 50 cells. What's a, what's a tiger doing oh, in a zoo? Gosh, no. What's, what's, an, what's an elephant doing in a zoo? I mean, and by the way, it used to be that zoos were one of the few places that people were able to learn about animals. That they were able yeah, to kind of like now. get in there and do all that kind of thing. And they were, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was where they could, oh, it's the only time they're ever going to see an elephant or the only time they're ever going to learn about a tiger or the right. uh, muskrat or the, Af- the, the West African 
zebra elk or whatever the hell they call it. And it's like now you do, you have a thing called Google yes. and you have videos. YouTube. You have all kinds <laughs> of places you can learn about animals if you wanted to. And by the way, when you go to the zoo, they've tried so hard to act like they're really not a zoo oh, that I you can't even actually see the animals. <laughs> so what you go, you go there and they've tried so hard to make the animals living in their uh, their little environment there that really all you're doing anyway is reading a kiosk about the animal. Like you're reading like a thing that's put in front of the cage because you can't see the animal. Right. So all you're doing is reading about it anyway, which is something you could already do on the internet for crying out loud. Yeah. So you might as well just go to the internet. You'll probably see more of the animal and less of a fence, high grass, a couple of rocks, <laughs> and some fat dude eating popcorn next to you. I mean, that, so no, at that true. point, you know, it's it's fine. My kids, my kid, we bring them, and they get so, and we don't go very often. I mean, maybe once every three years, and they're so bored half the time because when it's time to go see the gorillas, which is the only thing they really care about, there's no gorillas. Which you ought to actually have, and if you really want to be, if you really want to, for people to see the animals, offer helicopter tours yes. of the zoo and just hover a helicopter over the zoo. And maybe in the off chance you'll see a lion or you'll see a tiger or, you know, the elephants are all out in the, in the, in the, in the open there. All right. But at some point, though, where you're in a situation like this where, where I'm, a, I'm being asked to pay more money for the zoo, just charge a buck. Even if you charged 50 cents to get in, you'd still make up the money that you now are are bothering yourself with attempting to uh, increase the uh, the the tax base for the zoo and and besides that you know back in the day we used to have cultural institutions supported by local businesses and local corporations yeah. and things like that and why don't they buck up why don't why don't they be the way if it's a cultural institution and it, it yeah. ought to be supported by our uh, – unfortunately, though, what's happened is because of our poor economy in a city run by Democrats, we've lost a lot of corporate headquarters and things like that, whereas previously used to be that a company was able to kind of like be supportive of the zoo or the art museum or whatever, but they're not there anymore. Well, that – that's a whole. I walked in there the other day, seeing people are really going to hate me for this one, because there are a couple sponsored areas of the zoo, and one of them, and this one always gets me. I laugh every time. Is the uh, the bee area is sponsored? This is horrible, and I'm sure there's people that work for the company sponsored by Monsanto, and I'm like the very company that pretty much has been shown is hurting the bee population is sponsoring the bee area that's a side note but it always bothers me and i knew we'd get hate on the the zoo topic we are well well, well I, I i can't read it so what does it, says, it say i disagree with you jamie and always will zoos have helped reintroduce endangered species back into the wild through breeding to get their numbers up if Good. you feel that way don't go to the zoo it's i don't easy. go to the zoo <laughs> <laughs> and if you feel that way whoever you are Go ahead and why don't you pay to go to the zoo? Because because why don't you pay and then leave me alone? He said, I'm going to visit the zoo today and go enjoy ahead. it. Good, good. And, and you know what? 
Uh, ask him if ask him if, if he'll pay to go, or is he too cheap to pay to go? <laughs> he says you can't do it because there's a it's a land agreement. Oh Lord, uh, you, you know what? It, it's, it's there's always some excuse not to actually do the right thing or the common sense thing. And the bottom line is, there's no if you don't go to the zoo, you shouldn't have to pay for the zoo. I agree. I mean that, that that's the bottom line. I mean I mean uh, I, you all aren't paying for my studio. <laughs> You don't go to the why, studio. I, 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 yeah, I mean, you're not. You're not. Why? 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 If you enjoy the zoo that much, then it ought to be worth five bucks to you. They How does he feel about you. paying for the zoo? He says he still loves you, but he says I do pay f- to it through taxes. But okay. that's our point. Right. That's but yeah. Right. Exactly. It, it's kind of like you know, I, the one place that I I will I will divert from people on the idea of. I don't use it so I don't pay for it, right. would be schools. I, I am more than happy. Correct. And in fact, oftentimes during the, uh, when they have tax increases in my particular uh, city or whatever for public schools, even though my kids don't go to yeah. the public schools, I will still vote to increase the taxes if, in fact, I feel that the school is doing a good job. So, I, so if I feel like the school is managing the money, then every time, whenever there's a uh, – because I noticed that, like at my church or where I've been before, all, there's been like a group of people, like a group mm-hmm. of parents who are like, don't support the so-and-so tax increase because blah, 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 blah. But I don't feel that way. I feel like public school systems and, and, and community schools are a good thing, not yeah. only for property values, but also for the greater good of the community. So I, I don't, I'm more than happy to go ahead and pay uh, a certain level of my taxes and my property taxes and everything else uh, to support public schools. But I don't really think that I need to support a zoo. I do believe that we ought to start instituting more user fee oriented things as opposed to uh, as opposed to something where like like the art museum you know they they charge for exhibits they do things like that Mm -hmm. and if you really want to go see the exhibit then pay to go see the exhibit if you really want to focus on introducing if we want to if my job as a taxpayer is to provide a forum for the reintroduction of endangered species I don't know whether that's really my purview if you really care about that that much then go ahead and pay for it yourself. It's right. one of those things like, don't ask me to pay for something I don't use. Now, listen, I've been to the zoo before. I, 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 we're, I was really just joking about, you know, the, the inability, but it's true. You can't see any of the animals. It's just, I mean, you can see occasionally the, uh, the whatever that muskratty uh, um, pigeon gerbil that you see running around in that little area there and then maybe the polar bears and then maybe, and it's clearly elephants and then the elks and those kinds of things. Then you can go into the, 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 yeah, the penguins and the seals. Then you can go into the, um, herpetarium and see all the spiders and the insects and those kinds of things. And to me, even like watching like a salamander or something like (laughs) that's in a little box, I'm thinking to myself, that, thing does not belong in that little box clearly there's, there's got to be a way that a person a little kid can see a salamander without know. having to like yeah. stare into a thing where this thing is like sitting there where it doesn't belong in there it uh you know new york i i was in new york not too long ago and um when you go to the uh i think it was the history museum right um they do it to where it's donation based so like when you walk through the line 
you could technically tell them zero dollars. They have like kind of a recommended fee, and but you're not forced to pay it. You pay whatever you want to pay. But I saw most people around there were paying 20, 30, 40 bucks to get in. That's not even even that would help. Well, in a situation, just... yeah, I mean, in, in a situation where uh, you just simply are using something that is you, you love, right. and if you love it that much, then go ahead and pay for it yourself. Right. And if and if you're that concerned about endangered species and the reintroduction of them in the middle of a city, then pay for it yourself. Don't keep asking for more money. We already pay a certain level. If you're if it's interesting how if the if you can't afford to run your zoo, Bingo. if you can't afford to run your operation, then maybe you want to consider then at that point charging for your operation. The idea that somehow we're the only city that has a free zoo right. is to me a badge of shame, not a badge of honor, because what you're doing though is you're winding up not charging people and then going to me. For the money. It's like, wait a minute, though. You're not really making a very good business decision. And I don't care about whatever land use agreement or whatever it is they're, they're, they're coming up and bending over backwards to kind of figure out. I, all I'm saying is if at some point, where are you going to understand right. that maybe your business model isn't supporting it? And, if, and by the way, if What's-His-Face is talking about, uh, about the endangered species thing, if the zoo is really that committed – to reintroducing endangered species to this community. And indeed, if it's that important to the zoo and it's that important to you, then why wouldn't you consider charging a dollar? Right. If, if, and if you really care about endangered species that much, I would think people would be more if that's the if that's the reason the zoo exists, which I didn't actually know that that would be the reason the zoo exists is to reintroduce endangered species. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, I thought it was I, – I, I had no idea. So if, if you're really that committed to it, and apparently it's that important to whoever's People. chiming in here, yeah. uh, then, then, pay, then pay for it. Right. It's the free market idea. If, if there is enough people excited about your business – and they pay for your business, that's a business model that works. It's why seven out of 10 businesses fail because seven out of the 10 people yeah. say either, eh, we don't like the idea, we don't like the concept, or we don't like the way it's run. It's not profitable the way it's run. And imagine how many more endangered species you could help if you charged to get into the zoo. <laughs> yes. if, it, if that was really your goal, if it was really important to you, Whatever he's – I can't remember what he said, but it sounded very lofty to me. If, 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 you're, if your goal is to reintroduce endangered species to this very hungry community that is hungry to have endangered species reintroduced, then imagine what you could do if you just charged $1 to get in. Imagine, imagine how you could increase the quality of the zoo. You could increase the quality yeah. of the atmosphere. You could maybe even add more animals. And you know what? You could maybe even pay the people who work at the zoo more money to take care of the animals and the endangered species you care so much about. You could actually pay people more money so that the endangered species that are reintroduced thanks to the zoo could be taken care of just that much better if you just charged a dollar for crying out loud. One dollar, people. Come on now. Some of you just get the idea here. Stop asking me for it. All right, we'll be back. 
if you want, if somebody wants to call in to the show, right? Let's yeah, do it. Do I that. mean, hold on. You uh, surprised me with that one. Usually, we... well, apparently this is a hot topic for people. So we'll go ahead and do it. Three one four four six two. 2772. Again, it's 314 462 2772. And also, wait till you hear Michael Eric Dyson get his rear handed to him as he tries to play the white privilege card against an opponent in a debate. You're going to love it.
So apparently people are only half listening because they're because <laughs> they're so crazed about the the idea of having to pay a dollar to go into the zoo. Instead want me to pay for it, so apparently it's igniting the passions of people. Oh, it's firing them I up. will not pay a dollar to go into the zoo. I am owed a trip to the zoo for free. <laughs> I'm just thinking, what, how much more quality? Somebody said, somebody, somebody said, well, it's for schools, that kind of thing. Well, school, a school district would be more than happy to pay, oh, 40 bucks for a busload of kids to go into the zoo? I mean, again, the point is, I understand all the great things about the zoo, but if there are great things about the zoo, why wouldn't you want to pay a buck to get in? That's all I'm asking. Everybody right now who talks about the great things about the zoo clearly would be among those individuals who would gladly pay to get into the zoo because they're not no one is coming in saying it's great it's free they're, they're coming they're calling into the show or writing on the facebook page that it's all the great things about the zoo but not one time have you said it's free that, that's one of the great things. You've told me that it preserves endangered species, which I actually didn't know. Somebody claimed that was the reason why I said the zoo exists. That's, that, that's not, I actually don't know why the zoo exists. So <laughs> endangered species, uh, and, and it is um, for educational purposes. It introduces us to animals we normally wouldn't see before. It's a great thing for kids. And somebody brought up the underprivileged. Well, at that point then, you know what? Uh, have... People under a certain income level free. I don't know. Just whatever. Just if all the things that people saying about the zoo, I'm not saying bulldoze the zoo. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying uh, practice, uh, you know, nuclear weapons testing at the zoo. I, I'm, I'm saying pay a dollar to get into the zoo. Then you won't, you won't have to occupy the time of our lawmakers and others in attempting to collect taxes from people who, A, don't go there, and B, basically don't have the responsibility of paying for the zoo. And again, also think about if you charge a dollar for the zoo, again, to my point, imagine what you could do to improve the zoo. If you're really that concerned about the education of, of animals, or uh, uh, or the or the or not the education of young children. Why wouldn't you just simply say kids under ten free, and you as an adult pay a dollar to get into the zoo? What's so? Why are you so reluctant to pay a dollar to get into the zoo? All of you are talking about how great it is. You won't pay a dollar to go and get into the zoo. You'll pay seven dollars to go see a movie, right? I mean, now they're mad because now they're saying, well, a dollar wouldn't even do it. Have oh. you done the math? Um, well, a dollar would do it. You, the, the, the zoo, okay. $5. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I was just trying to be charitable to people and let a, do, a dollar wouldn't do it. Right. You know how many people go into the zoo? Oh, it's nuts. You'd, be, you'd raise a ton of money just charging a dollar. I mean, it's, it's, okay, so you know what? I'll up it then. Because, because most people, especially people who love the zoo that much, would pay $5. I mean, come on, people. You're listening to Radio Free Almond. You really 
don't want to pay $5 to get into the zoo. You're not spending any money listening to me. Right? So you that's already you're already ahead five bucks. <laughs> right? I'm not charging you for anything right now. What you're doing right now is for free. I'm not charging anybody to listen to my program or to listen to me talk about the zoo. So you're already that's you're you're ahead money right now. And you're telling me that if this is that much of an angle for you that you must insist that taxpayers pay for the zoo? We have a caller on the line who would like to educate you a little bit about the zoo. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Are you Thank okay you. with yes. that? Yes. Hey, Tony, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, what up, Tony? Oh, hold on. Oh, wait, hold wait, on. Let it... me make sure. Oh, we got to plug make you in, buddy. Sure everybody can Good hear you. Good morning this morning, Tony. Okay. All right. Tony. Ed- hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. What's up? Hey, um, yeah, I was the one typing earlier, and I just, that's why I called, because it's hard for me to, when I type, you know, to understand what kind of tone I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I understand, trust me, I understand where you're coming from. I personally have no problem with paying a fee for the zoo, which I absolutely would. I'd have no problem with it, because it'd probably be cheaper than taxes, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I believe there is some kind of land agreement or something to do with the zoo, which is why I know they've attempted it before. But they can't charge for it. That would have to, they'd have to figure out some way to change that or amend the agreement on that, if I remember correctly. Right. What kind of, what kind of government enters into an agreement where you can't charge for the zoo? Now, is it because the, the property was donated? It might have been a situation where the property was donated and therefore you can't charge for the zoo. Maybe that's the maybe maybe. Yes, yeah, I believe the property was donated for the zoo, and that was a part of the agreement when it was donated. That the gentleman that donated it didn't want the zoo to be charged for. And now they could do it via and how they got around it. Obviously, it was via taxes. Plus, he's dead. And so. at the same time, and I think we can all agree, you know, the government—they're making money off of that. How much of that money is probably going to the zoo? How much are they siphoning off of that too? Yeah. Now, l- listen. Here's the deal. I I do. Like, for instance, I guess you could take it in the other way and maybe charge a dollar more for a beer. Because believe me, whenever I'm at the zoo, I'd pay anything for a beer, okay, uh, just to get through the experience. So, so basically, I would pay maybe $2 more for the beer. So maybe they ought to consider maybe charging more for the food. That might be better. Well, I'm not. Well, I could do that, you know. If they said, hey, we'll keep the zoo free, but you're going to pay more for your food or you'll pay more for a souvenir, but we won't charge you taxes anymore. The zoo will be free, but you're going to pay more for this. I'd have no problem with that. Because here's honestly. the psychology, Tony. Here's how it would work. See, if, if you would just simply say, if somebody complains like, this beer is too expensive, the, the person who is behind the dispenser would go, how much did you pay to get into the zoo? Um, nothing. Exactly. So, so it's like the psychologist, you could charge $50 for a beer because the people who get into the zoo free wouldn't dare complain. I think we've got the solution. Yeah, that's very true. Cause what do we get? Two, three million visitors a year to the zoo roughly yeah. right, right three, around there. Three million. Eric DePuty just posted three million visits to the zoo a year. Oh, that's $3 million. If you just charge a dollar, if you charge five, that's I don't know. Oh. I got a, I'm a I'm a two point six guy in, in math. I never I never got I Hello. never got above a C in math. So whatever that math is, that's a lot of money. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I'd like to say thank you. You know, in fact, we may disagree on some things. I like the fact that you take the time to explain why you believe the way you do, the way you feel the way you do. Unlike a lot of other hosts on other shows that don't do it, they just say, well, I believe this way, and they move on. You take the time to sit there and explain it. And I appreciate that from you, and that's what I love about you. Well, you know what, Tony? Here's the deal. I appreciate that, too. I've always said, and believe me, I don't, I really, it's not a requirement that I be right. Okay, I mean, um, some people have to be right about whatever they're saying. I leave open the possibility that I'm wrong about this. I mean, I'm I'm just telling you how I feel about it. And keep in mind, when you schooled me on the aspects of the endangered animals, whatever it happens to be, look, look what solution you and I came up with just by talking about it. And it has nothing to do with charging people to get it. We've we've come up with a solution that doesn't require charging people to get to the zoo. Uh, just charging them more for the beer <laughs> or the popcorn or whatever it is. Exactly. You could charge more for everything else. You know, if they said, hey, this is going to be free. You're not going to pay taxes, but you'll pay more for this. I'd have no problem with that, honestly, because it's still probably going to be cheaper when I'm paying the taxes every year. <laughs> and maybe if the, if, 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 the, if the idea of uh, if you're going to have animals and animal, animals are so important, maybe we ought to put them to work. Maybe, maybe, maybe an elephant that can clean its own cage is something we ought to be uh, focusing on a little bit more, <laughs> like a self-cleaning oven. That would be very entertaining to see that one pulled up. <laughs> I know. No doubt about it. All right, brother. All right, brother. That's hey. the reason I called in. I just wanted to kind of explain it because typing just is, was hard to get my point know, across without coming off like a butthead, no, which I wasn't trying to do. Listen, but thanks, man. I appreciate okay, it. Okay, buddy. Thanks, Tony. I appreciate it. Listen, Ooh. when I keep in mind, I'm I'm just hazing you when you're. I mean, I, it's not a big deal. I, I really. Honestly, I, I do believe that at some point, government institutions and government outfits ought to stop asking me for money and start coming up with creative solutions to do things. And now I'll make an exception for the schools, which I've already outlined. I will, I will pay taxes for public schools and all, all the kinds of – and police and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and if you're going to have a tax, if you want – to, to ask me for more money from my taxes, tell me you're going to pay police officers more. Tell me you're going to pay teachers more. Tell me you're going to actually uh, be able to uh, buy more books or things for, for students or what have you. But don't keep asking me to support a place where people just go and see grass and read kiosks. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to, I'm just not interested. I agree. I, I mean, just don't like the zoo. <laughs> I know. Well, see, I think that's what that's what tripped a lot of people's triggers is our attacks on the zoo. I know. My wife will be like, "Hey, Ryan, can we go to the zoo?" Like, she really like she knows she gets like one zoo trip every three years, so she really has to plan it out like very strategically. Because right, right. I, I don't just, like it. Imagine so. So Eric, Doctor Mahuti said uh, two, three million people a year. So you charge a dollar, it's $3 million right off the top. It's $3 million you don't have to ask us for. And then and then, and it, let's just pretend, let's put it at $3. Now you're nine. Nine, yeah. And, and, and so that's, that's a lot of money if it's just $3. And then if you're worried about underprivileged kids or whatever it is you're worried about, they, they, they can't get into the zoo, kids under 12 are free. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know. And it's common sense to me, but I'm also, as a business owner, 
these concepts are common sense. When, when, when you say that's the problem is most people in the government sector and in these non-for-profit type deals, they're not really entrepreneurs. So oftentimes they have no, like what you're talking about, creative ability to come up with how do we entice people and create a business model? Why would you even need to do that? If you know, you can just suck it off of the taxpayers. You don't have to, it's forced successful business. Like you can successfully run something through just pure measures of force. Or what you do is you, you're even more creative than that. You have like a bar at the zoo like a tiki bar or something, or or you have a hookah lounge at the zoo, or something, you know, wherever where people can escape and go. But and believe, and then again, the idea of charging more for the things that people don't know what the real cost of is anyway. That guy sipping on that big gigantic tube full of snow cone material, he'll pay anything for that thing. Have you seen that guy? He, if you think he, you think charging him a dollar more is going to dissuade him from sucking on that big old thing? No, not a chance. No, I mean that that chili dog that is in that paper container <laughs> that sits there on the uh, picnic table while bees surround you as you're trying to eat it. Those people will pay anything for that chili dog while they're getting stung by bees around the trash can. There's always bees all over the all sticky over the place. trash can. I mean, but 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 people who are sitting there clearly, the the, the uh, believe me, the people who go to the zoo and who who go to the zoo frequently, um, look at how much they enjoy the zoo and how. They will be willing to pay to go. Because believe me, a person who goes to the zoo with their children in this day and age, sitting in traffic trying to get off there at Hampton, where apparently the city loves the zoo so much, they make it almost impossible to get to. <laughs> the roundabout. Apparently the zoo is so important <laughs> that, that they can't quite make a, a special road that goes to the zoo. You have to sit there at Hampton in, in traffic for an hour just to get in. Then you get into the parking lot. Then once you finally get into the zoo, keep in mind, these people who manage to get to the zoo are very dedicated individuals. you got to really want to go to the zoo to go to the zoo. I'm just telling you. And believe me, by the time they get to that door, if you're charging them two bucks or three, they'll just, they're just going to be glad to be there. My we call them zoo people. Like when you pull up, you know right away like who the zoo people yeah, are. Yeah, I, they dress a different way. They almost look like mini zoologists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They come like prepared for the day. Yes, like I'm prepared for an hour. <laughs> I run through the zoo. I'm like, okay, kids, see the monkeys, see the snakes, see yeah. the seals. We're out of here. <laughs> There is the guy smoking a cigarette with the Tasmanian Devil T-shirt on, though. That guy. He's the guy with the, with the tube. Well, when he's not smoking the cigarette. Yes. Yeah. He's got the big tube of whatever that is, that, that ice material in there. They'll pay anything for that. So anyway, <laughs> it's enough of this. Yeah. We've kind of beaten this. We've beaten this elephant to death. Um, oh, oh, darn it. I love Tucker Carlson. 
and how he gets into these debates with people. He gets this guy on there who's a Democrat uh, congressman, and his name is Eric Swalwell. He's from California. And they talked about a bunch of stuff, but but these guys who are lawmakers who talk about gun control and who want to impose gun control always try to avoid the topic of bodyguards, of people around them, or, or people like the Capitol Police, all right? Like, for instance, at the, at the U.S. Capitol or the Jefferson City Capitol, those same lawmakers who want gun control are protected by people who are specifically hired to protect them. I'm not saying they have bodyguards alongside all the time, but they're specifically hired to protect them. That's why you have Capitol Police. That's why you can't get into certain areas of the state capitol because they are protected by the police. Now, so the, the question has to be basically, and I think it's a normal one, why are you saying that I should not have access to guns to protect myself when I'm paying for an entire brigade of individuals to protect you? who presumably, and I can see visually, have guns. That doesn't seem like a really odd question, right? No. So Tucker Carlson asked this congressman that, and it went like this. Your bodyguards should have the same guns that I have to protect my family. They're, they're America's bodyguards, Tucker. They're not America's bodyguards. <laughs> like an American they're, gladiator. They're America's bodyguards. Now, keep in mind, I'm glad they were bodyguards and there were people, police, at this baseball game that was shot up by that dude, the Republican baseball game. At the time, and, I, and even then it might have been too soon, I was trying to figure out, they're playing baseball? Like, why are they doing that? Oh, no, they've been practicing for six. They practiced for six months for this game. I'm going, they do? Oh, yeah, it's every year they do. Like, oh, okay, then never mind. I'm not saying they deserve to be shot because they're playing baseball. I'm just saying that it was a surprise to me that they were – like all these guys were playing baseball like before they in the morning. I'm like, okay. I remember. I know it's been long enough now that you could kind of, you know, talk about that situation, but they talked about this. Like this was the most um, ritualistic. Like this is a rite of passage for these guys, this baseball tournament. The I'd only, never heard of it. Me either. The only time they ever talked about that baseball game or played that baseball game was right after that. Have you noticed not a single other mention since then no. of this world <laughs> <Yeah>. famous? <laughs> you know? Then they had a big, they had a big, uh, even when they had the big, uh, now Scalise is a great guy. Yeah. I feel, I, obviously I feel bad for these people who were attacked. I mean, that, that was just horrible. But then they had the big game, and they made, and I think they televised the game. Yeah, and and unfortunately, I just don't think that these people ought to be playing baseball. Period. That doesn't mean that they deserve to be attacked. I'm just saying that it kind of surprised me that this was such a thing. You know, Same. oh yeah, sure. I, I was like, oh, every morning, yeah, every morning they practice. Yeah, they do. Yep. <laughs> and, then, and then they go home and shower and then go to the yeah by they get there about by 11 o'clock in the morning it's fine <laughs> like oh okay so when do they work like okay well you know it's a de-stressor i mean 
You mean aside from the fact that they're out of session like most of the summer or like that, or they have, they, so, I, okay. And they don't work on Fridays or Mondays? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, because they got to travel back. I mean, I'm just trying to forget. Okay. So, anyway. America's bodyguards. I love Which that. Have the same one. guns that I have to protect my they're, family. They're America's bodyguards, Tucker. They're not. They're Don't yours. denigrate them like that. They, work, they work too really hard. Oh, to oh, listen, listen to this guy. He's trying to claim that Tucker Carlson is denigrating the bodyguards. Okay? It's the same kind of thing they use when you're talking about the CIA. The CIA, these guys have been protecting us for decades. And, but this guy, these, these Democrats argue things the same way every time. Carlson didn't really take the bait on that, although he could have. It would have it probably infuriated him to have to deal with a guy. Tell, but don't denigrate the bodyguards that way. It's like, did Tucker Carlson in any way, shape, or form denigrate the bodyguards? Because he's too busy denigrating Body, the bodyguards. Bodyguards have the same guns that I have to protect my they're, family. They're America's bodyguards, Tucker. They're not. They're don't yours. Don't denigrate them like that. I'm not they denigrating work, They work too hard. Oh, really? Can they come to my house and out. protect my wife while I'm at work? If you call the police, yeah. Oh, but can I have a Capitol yeah. Hill? When you go to work, they they're hang out and protect the, Capitol listen. Hill. When you go to work, listen, they listen, hang listen, out my wife while I'm at work. If you call the police, yeah. Oh, really? Can they come to my house and protect my wife while I'm at work? If you call the police, yeah. So this is his idea of your rights in terms of protecting yourself. You have the right to call the police in his mind. So if you really want protection, call the police. That's 20 minutes away right. versus a capital bo- who literally stands next to them. Right, right. And, and keep in mind, too, uh, when it comes to policing, people forget that even in a community, a police officer in your community, it's not his job to be your bodyguard. Nor is it his job to kind of roam around the neighborhood and make sure no one's breaking into a house. The reason they call them first responders is because they're individuals who are trained and tasked with responding to an incident. So a police officer is not there to make sure everything's hunky-dory with your household. That's kind of your job, and rightfully so, and I'm glad to be have that task myself. But they're not there to kind of just be your i mean i obviously you see protect and serve true but they protect you from harm that is basically may occur to you or whatever i mean the a police presence is always welcome and and that's why oftentimes we would have it at, at certain events and that kind of thing because you want to make sure in, in a bigger event they're there but generally just as a as a as a rule a police officer is not supposed to just monitor your home or do whatever. I mean, he's there if something happens, and if he sees something, he obviously will respond to it. But anyway, that's his, this guy's. Oh, story. but can I have a Capitol yeah. Hill? When you go to work, they they're hang out and protect the, you. They're contec- protecting the constituents. Oh, no, they're protecting come you, in. actually. I don't have So why not? So but hold on. Why shouldn't my wife have the yeah. same firearm at home that your yeah. bodyguards use to protect you? Is that fair? Or is that unfair? Why is that's that unfair? That's a ridiculous argument. Oh, why? It's absolutely ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? Because you're more important than me? No, I don't. I, you are trying no, to. No, I'm asking a sincere here. question. Why should you get to protect yourself? Our cops should not be outgunned. No, period. I'm talking, not our cops. Our your military cops. shouldn't be outgunned. No, your cops. Period. Now, merely. Um, actually, I don't know what his point is when he says the cops should not be outgunned or our military outgunned. I think he's insinuating somehow that the fact that citizens have guns is essentially by it's a de facto outgunning of the cops. So. In this guy's mind, he believes that the only people who should rightfully have guns would be the military and the police. 
That's and in that case, this guy belongs in another country, not the United States of America. He belongs in the line watching the royal wedding as opposed to being here. By the way, I had to um, – so the girls were at grandma's watching the royal wedding oh, no. over the weekend. And then uh, the other night, they were counting the watching of the, of the wedding. What do you think I did? Probably – didn't entertain it at all, did you? I kept my fat mouth shut. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know what you're that saying. That was not the time for me nope. to do the Radio Free Almond <laughs> anti-royal wedding rant. Nope. See, I know when to keep my mouth shut and when not to keep my mouth I'm shut. I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I occasionally, I, if, if, there's, if there's really, a, if it's a serious thing, but, I, but at that time, I wasn't going to go to the mat with my 10 and 8-year-old girls over the royal wedding. Now, was your wife involved in that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, you don't want to fight But I, But I wasn't, wasn't going no. to talk about, you know, we fought long and hard to get away from <laughs> I felt the same way because I saw, like, some friends of, from church talking about it and how lovely it was and how it was an expression of love. And there was a moment where I actually picked up the phone because it's on social media, and I was like, Typing, yeah, and then I was like, oh, and then you hit the backspace yeah. and you just shut it down. You gotta, you gotta remember, every little girl loves a wedding, and it, it's the kind of, and to them, it's like what they see, for instance, in a Disney tale. movie yeah. or something like that. And the last thing they need is dad to sit there at the dinner table and crap all over their experience, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they don't care. You talking about we finally got free of the of the crowd, yeah. <laughs> Do you girls realize that these guys, that that, that prince would have hung George Washington? <laughs> it's so it, could, I, it, could, it could have been. It would have been uh, easy, but unfair. So I figured I'd leave them alone. I kind of had to leave everybody alone. Like, we did our thing yeah, yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. And that was it. I had to, because everybody was so excited about it. It was like, it's like talking about the zoo. Yeah. You'd have gotten mobbed yeah. over it. Well, it is a wedding, and. It's love. Love. We love love. And we celebrate marriage. Yes. So all those things. And babe, babies and, yeah. You know. That was the only reason why I even gave an inch on that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't think, yeah, I didn't want to bring up the quartering troops and the sham tax <laughs> at dinner. <laughs> My wife, Kelly, every time we would come up, <laughs> Kelly's like, she was laughing from our moniker. Yeah, yeah, right. And she was like, well, did you know they quartered troops, right? <laughs> so she said, when, yeah. what, when the kids were watching the wedding? Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, well, they, they quartered troops, Ryan. Do you realize his ancestor would have killed every single one of the founding fathers? <laughs> Do you realize his great, 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 great dandy was, uh, would have offed Once Thomas upon a Jefferson? Time. You realize you wouldn't have the White House if they had their way. Do you realize that they not only lost the war, they came back <laughs> in eighteen twelve. We were everything was going great. They came back and burned the White House. How do you feel now about this wedding? There are there is still soot from the fire <laughs> on the White House bricks. I was willing to cave on that one a little bit. Yeah, no, I was, I was okay with that. So anyway, let's get back to this. Saying that you have better protection than I do 
And you're saying that. And, you- oh, I was going to mention with the with the outgun. I, that's why I got into the British thing. He said that we shouldn't have the military, the police outgunned. And and his belief is that if you and I have guns, we represent a threat to police and the military. And, of course, I said that's a distinctly British idea in terms of it being essentially the reason why we have the Second Amendment. We have the Second Amendment, and we've been through this before, so I don't want to repeat myself too much because you guys kind of know my rap on this. The Second Amendment is not designed so that we can have a gun to keep homie from carjacking us in the Target parking lot or to basically even kill a deer. The Second Amendment is there in the event that Prince Bozo, whatever, who, is, who got married? Prince William or something? Yeah, William, William I okay. think. Prince William's great, 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 great dandy ever actually came back in some way, shape, or form in the form of a U.S. government that wanted to try to do the same thing. The Second Amendment was designed to be able to have us be able to fight our own government, which is kind of a scary thought because people are like going, no, you don't want to fight your own government. I go, you want to be able to if you have to. and Because believe me, if we didn't have a semblance of the Second Amendment, in the colonies and didn't actually take it upon ourselves to kind of formulate basically a second amendment before it actually was written, we would never have had the American revolution. See, this is where people think we're extreme because we want guns and AR 15s, but realistically we are outmatched for our government, Uh, you know, because the government does restrict us so much, even though they don't think they do, they restrict us so much on our firearms. Like, for example, like I have guns with silencers. I have, but I have to get tax stamps for that. I have to actually license those silencers. I have to, if I want a short barrel, well, we're even restricted on that. I, yes, you can have full auto if you apply for the tax stamp of a full auto, but it ends there for a U.S. citizen. It pretty much ends at a full auto. You can't have grenades. You can't have rocket launchers. The government has those things. So, I mean, the argument could be made. We're already well outgunned by the government. Yeah, and and our government should be well-armed to defend us. Correct. Because that's another constitutional principle, and that is the role of our— it's one of the few roles of the federal government is to defend us and be able to— provide for the military, provide mm-hmm. for our defense. So I'm more than happy to have that, although I would be kind of cool to have an Apache helicopter just kind of parked near the garage awesome. just in case. <laughs> you know, it would be kind of nice to have one of those. But I'll, for now, I'll go ahead and if I need one, I'll call Colonel Manetti. Call America's bodyguard. I'll call Tony Manetti. <laughs> yeah, call Tony. He'll, he'll, he'll roll out his stealth bomber from the garage and, and help us out. But no, we are, we do have to have, and people think every time you talk about taking up arms against your government, people really freak out about that. But that's exactly what the Second Amendment is there for, so that we have the ability to, if we have to. And that's the key. Now, again, uh, I'm not saying that it's not there to help us protect ourselves from a carjacker or hunt, but that's not, but the Second Amendment wasn't formulated really for those purposes, although uh, it's kind of like a nice little addition there. 
that we can actually protect ourselves yeah. in our homes against common criminals and also so that we could enjoy a little venison here. My family doesn't deserve to have a certain species of weapon. You get to decide what we can protect ourselves with, but you're not going to in any way take the ability to protect you away from the Capitol Hill police. I'm saying that every police officer in America today is outgunned. So the guy just keeps repeating himself and then calls Tucker Carlson ridiculous. And that's the way the Democrat lawmaker. But Tucker was trying to say, I would never come in and say, hey, get rid of the Capitol Police. Because we do believe that it is a worthy pursuit to have our lawmakers protected. I think going back to the way this originally started, which was the uh, the discussion uh, about the whole baseball game thing right. and why we're, we were glad that there were Capitol Police at the baseball game. We weren't glad that they were playing baseball, the lawmakers were, but we were glad they were protected while doing that because I think they're worthy of protection when they're all gathered to begin with. So that's worthy. But I would never dare say that you shouldn't have protection from somebody. So why are they so easily saying it's okay to take our protection away? I don't get it. Because they already, as you pointed out, they already restrict us to a certain degree and as, oh, to, as to what we have. Huge you know? degree. Yeah. A huge degree. Yeah, I mean, so we can take a break here. And then um, i got a story to tell you. Do you ever make up your mind? fear going to the AT&T store? I don't go to cell phone stores. I don't like them. The well, I've been to them a couple of times. And last night, do I have a story to tell? All right, your phone calls are welcome, too. Let me see, you know, is there another number out there, Ryan? 314-462-2772. 314-462-2772. Say that again. I was too, I'm sorry. No, was you're playing, good. 314 314- Four six two two seven seven two. Okay, I was playing Possum Kingdom a little too loud. I have people arguing with me because I use the term silencer, suppressor, suppressor. silencer. I own one. <laughs> Why do gun people harass other gun people? Really? I mean, you know, leave that to the left.
I would not want to be a young woman in an early 90s alternative music song. Just tell Because they all seem to be winding up like down by a river or wherever she is in this song. So, usually women in early 90s alternative rock didn't fare too well in the songs. Took her down to the river. It's like, oh Lord. In a quarry. I took her down to the quarry. <laughs> Dude, really? What are people doing back then? Hey guys, I have a tip. A dating tip for you. Don't ask her, do you want to die? Normally that doesn't really go over too well with the ladies. It's not how Prince William sealed the deal. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you Prince William wasn't like singing, wasn't singing to her on their engagement. Do you want to die? It's like, no, honey, I really don't right now. But come back later, maybe. <laughs> All right. Oh, I gotta, you got to hear this Michael Eric Dyson thing. I, see, I'm one of those individuals. There are people who, uh, even in our realm, who like him. And they like him because he's got that kind of that rap going where he's, you know, he, he explains science. He's like Bill Nye the science guy. All these guys have the, their entertainment science thing going. And so people love them because they sit there and they talk about things and people and the human body and they do it in a in a very entertaining fashion and i've always actually kind of liked him to a certain degree because i uh i've known him to be a a, a smart guy so i have though found him a little annoying of late because as usual give it some time and these guys all kind of come out. You, you kind of start knowing what their politics happens to be. And so it's like Bill Nye, the science guy, used to be just Bill Nye, the science guy. Now he's this global warmest, alarmist guy who is the darling of the left. And I'm like going, Bill Nye, the science guy? The godless yeah. left. I mean, I just used to watch him in school, and I loved Bill Nye. Yeah. And now I won't even let my kids watch him because yeah. – He's a godless, globalist, global warming fanatic. It's interesting. They ha- I saw a cartoon because you remember Stephen Hawking said there is no God. Oh, yeah. Well, they had a – and I hope this isn't inappropriate. I'm just telling you I saw somebody put a meme together with Stephen Hawking and, and, and Stephen Hawking in the one slide said there is no God. And then Stephen Hawking's like about to go to heaven, and God's like going, "There is no Stephen Hawking." <laughs> I'm like, "Pretty kidding. good." I, mean, you know, I didn't. I didn't. I wouldn't hey, have said that biblical. myself. I'm just saying I read it in a meme. It's biblical. Saw it in a meme. It says, "If you deny me, 
Bill Nye, the science guy, that's like, that's, that's like you know, what's next? Captain Kangaroo coming out and calling President Trump a racist? You know, it's, that, it, it, I felt like that, you know, when, when I see Bill Nye, the science guy, getting all political on me. So Michael Eric Dyson might be political and might be really good at science, but when you're Michael Eric Dyson and you pull the race thing and the white privilege thing, you deserve to have your rear end handed to you, especially when you're pulling it on a guy like Jordan Peterson. Do you know who Jordan Peterson is? I don't. Okay, well, he's written a very best-selling book, uh, does motivational kind of stuff, uh, makes lecture appearances around the U.S. and Canada, and he has been at uh, Harvard and Toronto teaching He's a, he's a very well-put-together academic. He's a guy who really is, is a guy who, if, if, if you look at him as a person, has certainly earned his keep. Okay. But Dyson pulls this thing about how he is a recipient of white privilege and that the discussion is about white privilege. And Peterson decides, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and ask Michael Eric Dyson, what about my white privilege here? Just listen. To let's assume for a moment that I've benefited from my white privilege. Okay, so let's assume that. That's, that's fine. Assumption. That's yeah, well, assumption. that's what you would say. So, um, um, so let's say mm. here. Okay, first of all, it's really annoying when Dyson's like going because mm, yeah. uh, he's he's just trying to intimidate the guy, and, and actually, the audience here was not on Dyson's side because he was. He was his hackery was so in such in full glory. Let's get precise about mm. this, okay? Was that in the very individual mm. of you? Let's get precise about this, mm. okay? Let's get precise. To what degree is my present level of attainment or achievement a consequence of my white privilege? And I don't mean sort of. I mean, do you mean five percent? Do you mean fifteen percent? Do you mean twenty-five percent? Do you mean seventy-five percent? And what do you propose I do about it? How about a tax? How about a tax that's like specialized for me so that I can account for my damn privilege You're so that I can stop right hearing now. about it? Now, let's get precise about one other thing, okay? We'll get precise about one other thing. Precise? Now, yeah, precise. Preci yes. Mm. And so, mm. if, if we can agree, and we haven't, that the left can go too far, which it clearly can, mm. then how would my worthy opponents precisely define when the left that they stand for has gone too far. I mean, so this guy had some guts uh, because, you know, Dyson has an ability because he's an entertaining guy and because people like him, and in my opinion, also because he's black, gets a pass on, on some of this kind of stuff that he's spewing because certainly when you kind of doubt the aspect of white privilege. And I do believe to a certain degree, I would have to admit that you have to, that, that, that whites do have sometimes an advantage over blacks in certain situations. I, I've, I've seen that before. But the idea of pulling that on someone like Jordan Peterson, who clearly has pretty much uh, attained what he's attained through hard work. I mean, I think you can, you can imagine that. So when you're a guy like Dyson and you're just engaging in this kind of hackery where any successful white person is successful because of white privilege, then you're going to get your ass handed to you. <laughs> and, 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 and you should. 
and and Dyson did. So Dyson decided he was going to reply thusly and typically here. Well, on Jordan's point about how does he, in a sense, get an equal voice in this debate back if it is implied that his participation brings with it this baggage of white privilege. I mean, that's a great question because this guy's trying to say in this debate, once you've established that somebody is only there or where they are because they have white privilege, you've automatically taken them out of any partaking in any debate with you because you're already establishing that you are above them right? because they're white. Keep in mind, the, the, when you pull the white privilege trigger, it really is designed, actually, to put you down because of your race. So what, what I mean is yeah. a black pulling the white privilege thing is designed to intimidate you and actually demean you and put you below them. So in itself, it is a kind of a racist thing to do when you are black and you constantly talk about white yeah. privilege. It's because, it, it's because you can't accept qualities in another person or achievements in another person, and you must demean them by saying it's white privilege in order to advance yourself above them. You get what I'm saying Oh, there? absolutely. And that's why this guy asked the question. So what happens to this guy in Peterson in a debate like this when you've already established that he's only here because of white privilege? Then, then how, how do you go about that? That doesn't allow him to see clearly the issues that are before us. But that is to be complicit in the very problem itself terminologically. You're beginning... Okay, and that, that, this is why I can't stand Dyson, is because he's just... He's he's rambling. rambling and he's got terminologically, but and he's trying to actually come across as smarter than yes. I think he really is, and so he talks in this kind of tone and yes. cadence and just litters his sentences with words and doesn't and and so he, at this point I don't even know what he said right there. <laughs> I know that, that I got a point that's that's already uh, productive and controversial. You're saying how can he get? His equality back. Who are you talking about? Jordan Peterson? So that's a person like Dyson who believes that, that, that automatically Jordan Peterson is unequal to him because Jordan Peterson is white. Yeah. That's what Dyson's point is because, because Dyson cannot accept Peterson as an equal because of Peterson's race. So the very thing that Dyson is trying to convey that we're somehow a racist society, he actually is turning it to a point where actually he is the one who is basing and demeaning people based on their race. Yeah, it's like reverse racism. A little bit. Trending number one on Twitter, <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Most what internet? Jordan Peterson, because he's trending number one on Twitter and because he's a successful author, cannot possibly have any formulation of equality because he's already at an advantage because he's white and because he's number one on Twitter and a bestseller because he's white. So, so how can he possibly be granted any kind of equal forum with a guy like Michael Eric Dyson as intelligence? In an international bestseller? I want him to tweet something out about me and my book. <clears throat> Jordan Peterson, right? This is what I'm saying to you. Why the rage, bruh? You, you, you're doing well, but you're a mean, mad white man. And you're going to get us right. And so, so Jordan, uh, that's now there's a guy who Michael Eric Dyson, who's considered to be of a high intellectual capacity, 
going right into the gutter because he has no answer for what Jordan Peterson is saying to him regarding, okay, what le- how are you going to account for my white privilege? What way would you like to exact some kind of peace out of me for my white privilege? And, and that's why Jordan Peterson, would it be a tax? Would it right. be this? And so all Dyson has to do to aggrandize himself with whatever left-wing crowd is worshiping him is say, oh, you're angry, bro. You know, and, and, and oh, you're just an angry white man. It's like, no, he's asking you a question and he wants to know the answer to it, but you don't want to answer it. Instead, you want to answer it with some kind of racial overtone there that, that for a white person to ask a question like that, it must mean that they're full of rage and that they're angry. Yeah, and he's saying quantify it. Quantify, like, how do you quantify yeah. white? It'd be no different than, you know, when Henry Davis came in here and would say to you, well, Jamie, the only reason why you have 15 Emmys in Radio Free Almond is because you're white, of course. And the reason why I'm not in your spot right now is because you had a natural advantage on me my whole life. Yeah. Well, Peterson wound up actually stuffing it right down his throat after he said that. Here you go. Um, and with regards to my privilege or lack thereof, I mean, I'm not making the case that I haven't had advantages in my life and disadvantages in my life like most people. You don't know anything about my background or where I came from, and it doesn't matter to you because fundamentally I'm a mean white man. That's a hell of a thing to say in a debate. And, 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 and so clearly, as you can tell, Dyson basically lost this debate. And, and it, because, because really, honestly, as again, I don't have... Any problem saying that Michael Eric Dyson clearly is a smart person, and indeed, I would even say when it comes to his knowledge about science and about metaphysics and that kind of thing, is probably would be considered a brilliant person. But unfortunately, even brilliant people can look really stupid, racist, and really kind of shallow when in a debate they're clearly asked, what is white privilege? And their only response is, you're just an angry white guy. So this guy, Jordan Peterson, really had him on the ropes. It's cool. Wow. You want to put that up on the, <laughs> yeah. on the comment yeah, section? Yeah, that's great. It, uh, it, it is a little shocking, but I know there is always this undertone of that. Um, I know p- that, is, that is not a rare uh, viewpoint. What Dice is saying is not a rare. Oh no! I mean, it, no, it, it's it's pretty much accepted, and unfortunately, it's accepted among people who should know better. And, and, and a guy like Dyson should know better. Uh, he's smart enough to know better. He's got an audience of a lot of white people who appreciate him, uh, and, and and who like him for and listen to his podcast right. everything else, why he would decide that he's going to invoke that on somebody who is probably equally well-liked is kind of beyond me. Well, and you have no idea what somebody's gone through. You have no clue, regardless of color, what someone in life has had to overcome and what challenges they've had to overcome to automatically assume, just based off of color, that you have had to overcome more in life than that person that is a stretch. Definitely is. It's kind of like, I think I saw, I don't know why, like, for instance, the National Association of Black Journalists, right? 
it's an organization that I think is a good organization and is a worthy organization and should probably be a individuals who are, who will support black journalists who are doing a good job for the community, not just the black community, but for the greater good and, and for the greater society. So why would the National Association of Black Journalists give this Janelle Harris? Is she with ESPN? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why would they name her like the journalist of the year? Well, you know why? Because she caused trouble by basically reflectively uh, claiming that Donald Trump is racist. She realized that's been the sole contribution of Janelle Harris to our society is being a black host on ESPN calling Donald Trump racist. Because I can't imagine what else she's accomplished. So if you're an organization like the National Association of Black Journalists, why would you there – are, there are probably some, some really great black journalists out there who are doing some pretty hard work and some pretty dedicated work – I didn't say I didn't mean probably, but you know that there are certainly yes. black journalists out there who are doing great work and good work. Yes, and yet they recognize the person who probably is the shallowest of them all, and they recognize her because somehow she was brave in being on ESPN and calling President Trump a racist. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what we talked about with Como, who said it fits the story. This fits the story. It fits their narrative. And that's what we keep seeing over and over and over again is if it fits their story better, they would rather use that versus something that actually is is productive. (laughs) If it fits, you must acquit. See this thing on uh, Showtime, the circus, Don Lemon. I don't mean to make this all about race, but apparently a lot of prominent black people do make it all about race for some reason. So we had the National Association of Black Journalists, then we had Dyson, and now we have Don Lemon, who Showtime did a, uh, it's called the circus. It's a pretty good show, I think. I've, I've, I've seen this, uh, this McKinnon guy who is a pretty good director, but it's showtime's called the circus and Don Lemon was profiled in the circus. He's an anchor on CNN, right? It's not oh, yeah. Don when Lemon. you have an administration and a president that's factually challenged, you have to get your facts straight and you have to be on your game. And so he, you know, he says fake news, but what has been fake? My feelings about this president have been known. I've said it on the air. You know, I think that he has, he's racist. I mean, Don Lemon, unbelievable. Now, now I don't know why he says he's racist. I I don't know what it is. Is it because, like, for instance, if you're black and you don't kneel for the national anthem and you're criticized for it, is it because you're black or is it because you're kneeling for the national anthem? So, so in the world of Don Lemon and some of these other people, if you're black and you're criticized, then automatically it's racist, not because uh, because they, they, they can't accept that it's criticism for your actions. 
they have to assume that it is criticism for your race. That's why I go back to the, the, uh, the past where with Kim Gardner, the reason mm. why people don't call this what it is, which is a corrupt circuit attorney's office, an inept one, a, in my opinion, a reckless one, if I criticize her and, and people do, then automatically you're racist because she's black. So, so there's this insulation apparently uh, on the part of some people who are prominent and who happen to be black that if you dare, it's the same thing with Obama. It's like if you dare oh, criticize yeah. them, that it must be because you are. It's like me saying the only reason Don Lemon hates Donald Trump is because he's white. How ridiculous does that sound? Although I happen to believe that if Donald Trump were black and criticized Colin Kaepernick for kneeling, he wouldn't be considered racist. Definitely. Yeah, I, we talked about this. I don't think it was last week. I think it was one. I think it was the week before where, you know, I was talking about how conservatives are scared oftentimes or nervous to speak their mind yes. on a situation for fear of backlash. I mean, we, we were talking about police officers getting fired from their jobs, people losing their jobs, all because you can, in the flip of a coin, be labeled as racist if you even utter the words, even though it had nothing to do with the color of their skin. It was purely based on your disagreement with their stance or what they have done. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Now, I noticed Don Lemon talked about being factually incorrect. And if you were not with us at the top of the hour or you, you missed a few things, I don't know whether you have heard on on some of the uh, newscasts a regurgitation of a Jeff Greenfield tweet. I'm not going to deal with this too much because I did kind of exhaustively deal with it right at the 6 o'clock hour, but just only for like five minutes or something. Yeah. Jeff Greenfield said this, and this was, this was after the Florida shooting, okay? And then it was, it was brought back after the Santa Fe shooting. And, and people retweet this and tweeted 130,000 likes on this particular tweet. In the rest of the world, there have been 18 school shootings in the last 20 years. In the U.S., there have been 18 school shootings since January 1. So, decided that I was just going to go ahead and I'll, I'll just take, let me just take the first, um, the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, the first seven of those 18 so-called school shootings. So I'll start, since he said January 1st, I'll start with the first seven school shootings. I want to I relay to you what is being determined to be a school shooting by Jeff Greenfield and the rest of the media that regurgitates this fact and every single person that liked it on Twitter and every single person that retweeted it. This is what they say is a school shooting and why you need to head for the hills the minute you hear this kind of bastardization of reality. So I'll just take the first seven okay. shootings of, of, since January uh, 1st, and I'll just take the one on January 3rd. It's an elementary school in Michigan. A man committed suicide in a parking lot. That's considered a school. That, that was the first school shooting of 2018. You know what the second school shooting was? 
in Seattle when someone fired shots into a building with no injuries at all. That was the second school shooting. The third school shooting. There was an instructor who was legally possessing a gun and a student unintentionally fired a bullet from that instructor's gun. That would be the third school shooting of 2018. Okay. Now, so far, <laughs> yeah. are the, would these be school shootings in the way you hear what school shootings are? Like, when you hear what a school shooting is, you think of Parkland, Santa Fe, Columbine, whatever, right? So, so far, that's three. The fourth school shooting was in Arizona. A student committed suicide in a bathroom. That's the fourth school shooting of 2018. The fifth school shooting of 2018, gunshots fired from off-campus hit a campus building window. Man, that's 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 the fifth school shooting in the U.S. uh, in, 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 in January. The sixth school shooting was shots fired from a car in a parking lot with one hitting a residence hall. This is at Wiley College in Marshall, Texas. That's the sixth school shooting. The seventh school shooting was at Wake Forest in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. One student wounded another student during an argument at a sorority party. That was the seventh school shooting of 2018. Now, keep in mind, they said 18 school shootings. I've already recounted seven that would not even be close to nearing school shooting status, right? I'll do another one. Number eight. This was at a high school in Louisiana. Unknown person firing shots at students standing in the parking lot. That would be described as a school shooting. That's probably close to one. close, yeah. Mobile, Alabama, student fired into the air outside of school after an argument. That's considered a school shooting, according to Jeff Greenfield. 130,000 people who liked the tweet and many more who retweeted it Mm. and every news organization that regurgitated that particular tweet. Unbelievable. Here's a a student in Maryland wounded in a parking lot during a robbery. (sighs) That's a school shooting. One school, this is in Minnesota, this is a student pressed a trigger on a school liaison officer's gun. No injuries. That, again, is considered a school shooting. So you've named almost, what, 10 now of the 18? Well, 18 in which a gun was fired around a school or inside a school or on school property, but only three of the 18 were actually school shootings that you would think of as a school shooting. This is how the media spins things, though. This is how you hear, and you're just scrolling through Twitter, and you see, oh, oh my gosh, 18. Whew. Yeah. Because you're not going to do what you just did. Well, because they, they call it a school shooting, much like they called Obamacare health care. <laughs> yes. So when you were against Obamacare, the question was always, are you, are you for health care or against health care? Am I going... No, I'm I'm for health care. I like health care, but I just don't like Obamacare. So they, they started to call it just health care. Gun safety. Gun safety legislation. And 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 the, 
it would be different if you said mass shootings, but they don't want to say mass shootings because then that they couldn't accumulate the number of shootings that they call it mass shootings. So they have to call anything related to a school a school shooting because that will be able to advance their their narrative there. Well, yeah, it's like you you brought up the because you you talked a lot about this the other day. Yeah, it was the gun safety how they had to move it to gun safety versus gun control. Because who isn't for gun safety? <laughs> right. Because exactly. like, if somebody said, if somebody came up to me, hey, Ryan, are you for gun safety? Absolutely, I am. I am all about gun safety. In fact, most people who are gun owners are some of the people who are most attuned to gun safety Absolutely. you're ever going to find. Have you ever heard of the, um, the airborne toxic event, a band? <laughs> no. How do you find these? Pretty good band. They're actually a pretty good band. Unfortunately, if they just kept playing, they'd Uh, be fine. But one of them just decided that he wanted he needed to tweet. I'm all for tweeting. Tweeting is a good thing. But Mike Gillette, he's the front band of the band, Airborne Toxic Event. So he decided to go ahead and tweet this out in the wake of the Santa Fe shooting. And it starts sometime around midnight. You can blame victims, blame doors, or at least that's when blame mental illness, blame ex-girlfriends. But there is one undeniable fact at work. More guns equals more death in every city, every state, and every country. Which is basically, on its face, a complete and total falsehood. This guy's a good singer. I think the band's a good band. But they're not very good at facts. Or he's not very good at facts. So the facts are that states that have higher rates of gun ownership have drastically lower overall violent crime. States with stricter gun control have higher rates of violent crime. And whether a death by gun specifically, there's no real correlation either way on that. But if you just even look at what's happening in Chicago, where you have strict gun control laws, there's more death than in any other city in the country. It's the shut up and sing. Yeah. So just because we're nice people, we're going to go ahead and shut up and... Let Mike and Airborne Toxic sing, and I'll be back with them. Tales from the AT&T store. You're going to love this one.
There you go, everybody. A little airborne toxic event here at FM. It's a pretty good song. It's not bad. Just wish the guy would just yeah. But you know what? If as long as he hears me, give him the facts, then he can then go ahead and say, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Maybe I should <laughs> I should focus on doing more uh, great songs. You might have heard this one. It's called Wishing Well. Have you heard that one before? Let me. I don't know whether you've heard that before. Now you're just pretending you have it. You've heard this all. <laughs> you play this all day long. It's on my phone. They're good. So we got a nice little note from somebody, did we not? Yeah. I, you know, I like this because um, Dinosaur Radio. If people weren't already active listeners of that station, specifically conservative news talk. Most people will not just actively turn that on, but Radio Free Almond is nationwide. Anybody can turn it on, and it's really accessible for everybody. And so we get these comments a lot, but this is cool. Somebody said, you know, I just turned you guys on, uh, and I'm really uh, glad I found you guys. I hope you guys stay on the air for a really long time. It's so good to sit here and listen to you guys make a hell of a lot of sense. Keep up the good work. So that's cool, right? Very cool. Yeah. He's a Marine. You know, I'm I'm seeing I'm meeting a lot of people who, and and that's where our second level goes. Like for instance, I will tell you flat out, we've got billboards coming. Yep, and and that's because even though we exist obviously as an app on the phones, and we exist at high levels on stream and Facebook, we have the highest engagement of any radio station in St. Louis. So we have that kind of thing going for us. 
there are still some people who listen to me and actually don't know where I am. Yeah, they have no idea. And so that's our second goal. And, of course, if you all can help spread that word, too, because we're a big community, but there are some people kind of out there. And then there are other people who actually don't have computers and don't have phones. Yeah. And I'm just trying to figure out some way to kind of... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Morse code? We're working on the Radio Free Elman hologram in the sky. <laughs> and we just beam it up into the sky. But for some of those people, I, I'm, I, we can't get to them. But, yeah. But through technology, because cool. you know, people say the quality of the broadcast on the phone, everything else is unbelievable. Somebody was telling me they've, they've been listening to Carafano on my radio show, the Dinosaur Radio Show, since like 2008, right? Yep. And they said, until he was on with you the other day, I've never heard him clearer. Oh, that's great. That's and that great. was a Skype phone call, right? Yeah. But, 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 but it's, it's through the crystal clear digital radio yep. that you're getting. And so there's not too much ancillary noise. And then once we get everything together, sometimes you're going to have little blips here and there. And it's not going to always be perfect. And we're, gonna, we're working on perfection. But right now, it's, uh, it's so far so good. And people are tuning in. I will say, just for some feedback on your toxic airborne, since you're still actively... Air, airborne toxic Oh, sorry. Event. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so he says, I don't like the whole shut up and sing, play, etc. Yeah. Let them speak and debate. Communication is what we need more of. Civil communication, that is. Well, I didn't say... You said shut I up and sing. It. So what are you talking to me for? I listen. I'm oh, okay. Re- <laughs> <laughs> you're actually like... like no, I, I've never, I've never liked the shut up and sing oh, part. Really? I, no, because I've always, I've never believed that sports people and celebrities and musicians and everybody else ought to keep their mouth shut uh, because it, it, because I'm I'm standing in front of a microphone right now and saying whatever I want to say. I would never right. want somebody to. To shut up, but but I don't think that's your point either. No, what we're trying to say is sometimes, like for instance, if like I'm not going to sit here in front of a microphone and start singing. Correct. Although I did yesterday. Never mind. I'm trying to figure out. I'm not going to stand here in front of a microphone and start uh, doing sports. Okay, and telling you what I think about the Cardinals and all the different positions on a team, because you're going to go to a sports station or sports people for that people who know something about sports i know just enough i'm a i'm a mile wide and an inch thick when it comes to sports knowledge so but but you don't come to me for sports so if i sat here and and spoke a half hour on sports to you you'd be like dude um talk about what you just talked about with guns but talk about stuff that that's where i'm here for you for so i'm what i'm saying is like for instance going to a neil young concert that's my point i i would go see neil young in a heart because i love the guy and you know what i love the guy even if he's i've always been able to separate people's viewpoints from their art uh you know for instance i i the only people i really have a hard time with i i still can't get into uh would be green day because I think Green Day is completely and totally unpatriotic, and I can't deal with that. So that's the one thing I really, uh, the only time I really criticize. Like Mellencamp, I'd see in a heartbeat. U2, 
Bono, I'd see in a heartbeat. Uh, you know, all these guys are all a bunch of left wingers. Uh, you, Bruce Springsteen, I love Bruce Springsteen. You kidding me? I would, I, and and so, uh, but but the problem is when I go to a Bruce Springsteen concert, Bingo. I really don't want. I don't go to hear Bruce Springsteen speak. Now, keep in mind, I would never deny him that opportunity to speak, but I also don't really. Uh, go there for that, and so so the shut up and sing thing is not really designed necessarily to suppress voices, but I think sometimes when you do do that and say that, uh, the insinuation is somehow they have no right to speak. That's not what anybody's saying. So, but but I but, but if I'm LeBron James, or I'm Bono, mm-hmm. or I'm even Green Day for that matter. Uh, I'm going to use my platform uh, to 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 speak. I, I don't blame them for using that platform. And sometimes the platform can be for good, and sometimes it can be a missed point that needs to be addressed. Like for instance, that's why I could uh, play the Airborne Toxic, right? Yeah. I could dress down the lead singer's view on guns, and then roll out with an Airborne Toxic song that I love. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go, I'm not playing Airborne Toxic because right. that guy tweeted a bad thing about guns. I'm not like that. So to his point, I think he, whoever did that, I think is, is right. I respect Delisa. his opinion on it, but Delisa. So Delisa, uh, oh, I know Delisa. Yeah. So, so I think um, I'm with her on that. I don't like that whole shut up part because I would think, that, like, like, when, like, like when Kanye talks. The problem, though, with, with the, this idea is that some people are more able to speak than others are without being attacked. So, for instance, there are certain people like Roseanne Barr or look what happened to Kanye West when he came out and supported President right. Trump. Well, there are people who didn't like that. But they they challenged him on that, and rightly so. But some people wanted to shut him up altogether. I would never want him to shut up any more than I would want LeBron James to be quiet, or even, for that matter, Janelle Harris. If she wants to use her ESPN forum to simply call Trump a racist, that's more power to her. Let everybody else decide whether that's something they want to watch. And apparently ESPN viewers decided that's not something they want to watch. But And even Green Day, for that matter, I can't stand Green Day. So one day I'm listening to... Uh, like Alt Nation on satellite, you know, and uh, and I'm I'm listening to that. Hearing this song, but this is a good song. Sure. Like, huh? And I guess I. I realize it's Green Day. I'm going, damn it! <laughs> so I like this song. Can't stand those people. So I can I can separate I can separate all that stuff and and still still be able to hear it. You know? Yeah, my my point was was the concerts. When you go to these places, I don't care what they do on Twitter or anything else. But when you go to a concert. There are going to be half of the room, if you were to just divide America, half of the room are going to be conservatives, half of them are going to be liberals, especially at like a Bruce Springsteen concert. Just play so that way I can just enjoy the reason why I'm paying you yeah. 
to come here. Right. No different than somebody tuning into your show, you know, they're, and not, it's free, but they're tuning into your show because they like what you have to say. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Like, as do you say, you're I mean, not going to start talking about sports. If these guys are, if these guys are passionate, that's fine. Although one time I know that Neil Young came to town and I, I love Neil Young. I didn't go to the concert because I, I, I don't know, but I heard some people went and then he started, this was like in the 2007 yeah. or five or something. He starts singing, George Bush is a criminal. It's like people start like walking out because it's like, dude, I mean, I want to hear you are like a hurricane or Cortez. I want to hear something like that or Harvest Moon. But I want to I really don't want to hear the. So some people did walk out. That's great. I would have probably sat through it and and just waited for Harvest Moon. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you would. Or Needle of the Damage. Something like that. I would have I would have actually stuck around. I wouldn't have walked. I rarely walk out of stuff. I could have walked out last night from the AT&T store. So, Aiden broke his phone. And he was uh, needing a, a phone. And, and, and it was like 7.30, okay? Because I didn't get home until later, and it's like 7.30, and he needs a new phone. And his phone's like, you can't even see the screen. And he's in the middle of finals and kind of having half days. And, he, and he's got to keep in touch with his mom. And he's got to, he, he needs his phone. It's, it's, and I, and I, I feel safer when he does have the phone as yeah. a 13 year old. So maybe some parents say, screw it, you're going to have to wait till tomorrow. But tell you the truth, I didn't have as much time today as I might have had last night, even, even though it was going to be kind of a thing. So the ATT store. At Brentwood near Whole Foods closes at uh, at eight, but the store in the Galleria closes at nine. Now, normally, I avoid the Galleria because, well, like every half of the world does, but I had to go, and so I go to the Galleria AT and T store, and there's one person working there, and it's like packed, and I'm there. I don't get there till about eight o'clock or a little bit after, and it's it's completely packed and there's one person working there, and I'm thinking, oh, this is and and apparently there's a girl who can't remember her password, so they have to, for the accounts they have to go into something that, that takes long. Then there are people who um, apparently the computer's down. There's people who are like looking for their phones, all this kind of stuff, and then they're buying phones and that's taking forever, and I'm just sitting there. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to take a while, but they close at 9. So what's going to happen when they close at 9? <laughs> and are they going to, like, make me leave? Or what's going to happen here? Because I'm going I'm to get this phone, whatever. And so I'm standing there. And then, meanwhile, I'm listening to the um, – here, I should play it for you because I, rec- I actually recorded it. <laughs> I, I'm listening to, I'm standing there. It's kind of like I'm feeling like I'm in the middle of a little bit of a nightmare, you know, because it's it's just kind of, did I, did I erase it? Uh, maybe I erased it. Um, oh, no, I didn't. Uh, I, I'm feeling like I'm in, in a little bit of a nightmare because I'm standing there and I know that this thing is is going to take forever. And then things start to freak me out because... The uh, they're starting to um, they're starting to 
they're vacuuming <laughs> outside of the AT&T store. I'm thinking, oh, no, this yeah. night is going on and on. And so they start to vacuum. And I'm thinking, okay, so it's getting close to 9. Suddenly, then, it's 9 o'clock, and the woman goes and lowers the cage. Are you in it? Or- I'm in it. Okay. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, well, that, the good thing is I'm not, I'm actually probably going to get helped here. Like, she's not just going to say, I'm sorry, you know, we're closed. So she closes the cage. So now I'm in the AT&T store behind a wire cage while everybody's vacuuming and turning off lights and leaving, and I'm there, you know. So finally it gets to be about, I don't know what time it was. I guess I look at my, when I took the picture. It finally it gets to, that's 9.03 when the cage goes down. I was taking pictures this whole time. I don't know why. Then... Finally, at about um, I, the case, so finally at about a quarter to ten, they start to wrap things up. She starts to finally get stuff going together. So then I finally get helped um, at about nine fifty, nine fifty-five, and I'm going. Are you sure? She and and she was very nice, by the way. I need to call AT and T and let them know how great this person oh, was. Jessica, her name is at the AT&T store there in the Galleria. And she was just patient as all can be with these other people. And so uh, that, was, that helped the situation. But, boy, I was like, boy, you have a lot of, you have a lot of patience because these people were kind of, you know. Yeah, they're all fired they're up. They're okay. But yeah. they were, you know. And so finally I get there, and I just got a new phone, as you know. Oh, yeah. And so I get there, and I feel I need to get a new phone for my son, blah, 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 and uh, just need to do that. And she goes, okay. Do you have your ID? I'm going, no, because it's in my car, in my other little stupid little phone holder from my other phone that I didn't transfer over to the new phone thing. So I had that little case, like a wallet wallet phone thing. And, uh, And I had my driver's license in there. So... I'm like, no, I don't. She goes, I'll get fired if I do this without your ID. I said, okay. Well, I have to go out to the car and get this, this then. I need to get, and she goes, I'll wait. I go, wow. Okay. Okay. So I go out to the parking lot. First of all, I'm on my way through the gallery thing, and one of my flip flops breaks. There's a, I even took a, I'm holding my flip-flop <laughs> and walking. Through, I know. Documenting this whole thing. So, I'm, I, so now I'm walking through the Galleria without any shoes on, then out into the parking lot, because I can't keep, because the little, you know, the flip-flop thing, the little uh, oh, yeah. thing that holds it, it comes, it, it's, I can't even walk with it. I try it. When I get it, finally I get outside, I'm going to put it back on, then it, it pops out again. So I just say, you know, screw it, I'm going to put it. So I'm, I'm out there, and I'm out near the cheese. I, I exit near the Cheesecake Factory, and suddenly I realize, I don't know where the hell I, I can't remember where I parked. Because when you get there, and it was like a little after 8 that I got there. This is two hours later, and I can't remember where I parked. So I'm frantically barefoot walking through the gallery parking lot, pushing my fob, trying to see where my car is, because that's usually how I find my car. But I was like, look, look, frantic. And I go, what if I 
I was p- kind of panicking a little bit. I was like, what if I never remember, like, where I can't remember where my car is? <laughs> I'm running around. So finally, I finally do get, uh, I finally find my car. It's way over. I don't know how I wound up getting out this way. It's way over to the other end. And so I walk over there, get my license, walk in, get it taken care of. And then I'm home by about 11, ultimately. <sighs> You know, and you know, all this time, Ryan, excuse me a second, all this time, she's looking over my bill and she's, uh, I, I, her baby is at the sitter's house and wow. she goes, well, as long as my baby's not a problem, uh, you know, then she gets a call from her husband who's picked up the baby. And all this time, she's not crabbing an ounce, okay, about anything. And then she, meanwhile, is goes over, goes over my bill and go, um, "Are you still paying for this?" Yeah, she, she goes. I go, "Yeah." She goes, "You have Wi-Fi in your you're, you're paying for Wi-Fi in your car." I go, "Yeah." Through OnStar, she goes, "You shouldn't pay for that. You have a hotspot on your phone." I'm going, okay. So she lines that out. Then uh, works on some oh, some iPad I have that only is used at the house. Yeah. She goes, you need to call them and cancel the iPad thing there. That'll save you another 20. So all this time, she's not, she, she could be, she's well over her time. And she's sitting there going through my, the entirety of my bill, looking for ways to save That's me money. Amazing. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't have imagined a, uh, like a, a better experience. It was like, because most people have AT&T store panic, you know? <laughs> And they don't like going into the AT&T store because there's, cert- there's a certain level of desperation and misery. There are some people who are happy because they're getting a new phone, right? So that's really cool. But then other people that have problems with their phone or they're unhappy, they have to get a new phone because the other one's busted mm-hmm. and it's going to cost them money. So it's kind of like there's a, there's a little level of angst there. But every time I've, even the one in, uh, near Whole Foods, the people are as nice as can be. So I got to call AT&T it's and great. let them know that Jessica, who's the manager of the store there, is fantastic. See, the problem is, though, is like that story is an amazing customer service story, but everyone just latches onto the flip-flop and how funny it is that you you walked around the gallery barefoot. See, these are are the oddities. I took a a picture. I'll send you the picture of me, (laughs) and you can put it on. um, Oh, but in the comment section. You could put it up there. I'll I'll, just, I'll text you that. I, Please. I have kind of the moving picture of it. I don't know Please it's moving. Do. Is it okay? I guess yeah. So. Yeah. I'll text it to you. It's really funny. Um, but yeah. So so walking through the parking lot, everything else, and then she thinks I'm a mess because I'm I'm I I don't I can't my flip flop breaks and I don't have my license and you know it's like I, I thank goodness people weren't behind me. Oh, if I would have been the guy behind you, well, yeah. I'd have been like. This guy is clueless. <laughs> He's in here barefoot. See, I'd have been texting my I wife. Two one of one of us be with a flip. I was walking there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. I'd have been like this guy, clueless about technology. That's <laughs> what I would have been texting. He's barefoot. <laughs> Doesn't have his driver's license. I can't find his car in the parking lot. What an idiot. But thankfully, no one was behind me. I don't know. I think I think at that point, God was kind of looking. I don't know why, because maybe I was, I was, uh, I don't know. Maybe I was patient with the people. I don't know. Maybe I was just patient sitting there, and maybe that helped too. 
you know. Oh, there's no doubt. And then you talk about panic. One of the things I, I have you, have you, did you go to Qdoba ever? I've I've been there. You know me and my eating. Right. What what Qdoba doesn't have eleven thousand year old water? <laughs> is that what your problem is? <laughs> Get your laughter coming. They have they I'm, have they have. What if I told you they have eleven thousand year old Fanta orange soda? <laughs> I would not. That you could that you could that you can add vanilla to. <laughs> it's got one of those you know those have you seen those soda machines with all the different things like that you could add to it like it, it's like people isn't a sprite good enough do you really right. have to put cherry in there or whatever happens all kinds of it's pretty it looked pretty complicated anyway uh maybe if kudoba got eleven thousand year old uh fossil sex water you can <laughs> you can have that <laughs> actually you know what they have to, what, what, what's that water called it's called drink? Starkey. Yeah. See, if I was the name of the, if I owned the company, I'd call it Fossil Sex Water, and that <laughs> and that would sell like crazy. That's why you don't own the company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the, it's like the guy who suggested that uh, you do half sheets for paper towels. He's probably fired by now. Oh, I know what we'll do, boss. Let's let's ha- let's save people money by p- cutting the the paper towels in half i go i would be the boss go, johnson don't you understand that we want people to pull seven sheets off of there when they don't need them jamie the half sheets my wife buys the half sheets because she says for her hands she only needs a half a sheet so i make a point because i feel like she's trying to do it just to save money so i'll make a point i'll pull four of those things i'll use double to spite the half sheeters, you know, if you really, if you really wanted to do that, I would just use uh, uh, like a roll of one hundred dollar bills. <laughs> if you really want to make a point, here you go. Here, watch this. I'll, I'll clean the counter with a hundred dollar bill, honey. <laughs> so, anyway, Qdoba. So, yes. uh, I I do like Qdoba. Uh, the kids like Qdoba. and oftentimes you can get healthy things at Qdoba. You don't always have to get. All the crazy things that that Qdoba has. I mean, you you have options there, which I kind of like. Okay. So I get a thing called um, I have a thing called Qdoba Panic because every time is our Facebook stream down? No. Okay. Okay. Whenever Matt comes in in emergency <laughs> mode, I'm thinking something's wrong. Sorry, about that. It's okay. No, you you're welcome anytime, Matt. You come in anytime. <laughs> um, the so I, I order, when I go to Qdoba, I'm ordering for five people. So, so I'm ordering for uh, three children, oh, my wife, and me, right? So when I go into a Qdoba, I am praying that nobody's behind me. And if some, like, college student comes in or some couple comes in, usually I'll let them ahead of me. I go ahead of me. I have a lot to order. Go ahead of me. I have a lot to order. And but if I do that too long, then I'm never going to order anything. <laughs> you know, I do. It's kind of like opening a door for a bunch of people. It's like, okay, at some point, I got to go in the door too. Yes. So I get what's called Qdoba panic. So I'm like sitting there, I'm ordering, and I'm just like, please don't let anybody come behind me, please, 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 because I don't want to be an annoyance to them. Right. Although I don't get annoyed with people who order a lot of food, but I'm some for some reason I feel like somebody's going to get annoyed with me. So I and believe me, I'm ordering like you know, 
for five. That's a right. lot of food. Yeah, this is you know? a hundred dollar Qdoba. <laughs> and it's and, and they're, thankfully they're good people over there, so they don't take too long. But still, just the idea and and yeah. So I know what you mean, though, because I do that. At, I do go to Panera sometimes, and I mean my bill. I may as well have gone to eight hundred one Chop House because <laughs> yeah. I, you know, your total comes to a hundred and fourteen dollars. I'm like. Oh my god! Even even when there's no line, do you go right to the kiosk because you don't want any human er- or interaction at all, or do you just go right to you go to the line? I I they really hate me. I go through the drive through. Oh, <laughs> I've actually gotten scolded in the Panera drive through where they're like, "Sir, with orders this large, you will have you have to pre order these things with orders this large." I'm like pre order? Oh man! Yeah, yeah no, you should I'm like. Yeah, they should I'm be sorry. thanking you for ordering yeah, what you I'm ordered. I'm sorry that I have to go through with like what looks to be a, you know, a a van bus full of <laughs> children. That's pretty funny. All right, what did I miss today? I, th- I feel like I, I I didn't cover. I mean, I always have so much. Oh, you know what? We never got to the Pope and gay marriage issue. Oh, which I thought was going to be a really good one. And then yes. I forgot to talk about that. I'm going, yeah, well, thanks for telling us about Qdoba, dude. I'm like, I know. Because I'm not happy about Sometimes this. I have to go through. Well, I will tell you just the long and short of it okay. regarding the Catholic Church. I've, I've always believed that the Catholic Church, because believe me, at the seminary, there are gay priests. Definitely. I, and you know that. For a fact. Okay. Okay. Uh, but but the idea has always been that um, it's the act of gayness True. that is the problem, not being gay. So I'm not quite sure okay. what the, I'm not quite sure what the Pope meant when he because apparently this is another one of those things where somebody said the Pope said that to them, but there hasn't been any kind of encyclical about it or nothing nothing really uh, distributed by the Pope about being gay. This guy basically said, the Pope told me that blah, blah, blah. And I go, so I don't know whether, I don't really know what the Pope said about this, but I do know what generally Catholic Church teaching is on on being gay. Uh, Because otherwise you wouldn't have gay priests and you wouldn't have gay seminarians and you do. So so I'm I'm assuming, I'm, I'm assuming that whatever the Pope said there was not anything different than what Catholics already believe. And for that matter, people of other denominations, like people, like like being gay itself. I, I totally see what right, you're saying. Right? It's not, okay. it's always the act. I, of like, whatever. I totally agree. Because he said the only thing that, it, that was written, here was my problem with it, is the only thing that was written, and, and as to your point, we don't know if he actually said this, is he said that God made you that way, I would, if he did say that, I would completely disagree with that uh, statement. I mean, that's all I'm going to say is I would completely disagree with that. Well, it's weird because I think there's the, yeah, I think there's a, there's a thing where they, the the headline here is Pope's reported comment to a gay man may indicate a new level of acceptance of homosexuality when, when it's my understanding that the Catholic Church has all always accepted homosexuality. I mean, as that in, homosexuals, 
Right, right, exactly, right, exactly. Yes. Well, see, keep in mind this is Los Angeles Times, and any time the media gets a hold of any topic related to religion, they never uh, get it right. I mean, they'll never. It, it doesn't matter what faith it is; they'll never really, <laughs> truly. They don't want to. Yeah, they don't want to, and and they're always coming at it with their own assumptions. So, is there anybody saying anything about about this? Because because it's my understanding that I wasn't, I didn't see anything in what the Pope said to be any different uh, than what the Catholic. Because I know, I know for a fact too that there are gay people who are going to mass. I mean, I see them. Yeah, and and the same at my church. We welcome everybody, and God loves. Everybody, God loves the sinner. He and our church hates the sin, and I, I don't probably think it's much different in the Catholic Church. And so I got your point there, and I do. I totally understand your point that it's not that the homosexual that they're that they hate this individual because that's kind of what we've been painted as is bigots in that way. It's that according to our book and our set of rules, the act of homosexuality is the sin in our Christian walk. Well, and, and that is the Catholic Church teaching. Okay. Uh, it, it's my understanding that yep. that is, and please, believe me. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea that I even wound up working for the archbishop is something I'll have to explore at some point <laughs> as to how I wound up there. But, <laughs> but nonetheless, I, so don't make, I'm not the expert on Catholic Church teaching, but I do know that that's what I understood it to be. Uh, love the sinner, hate the sin. Yes. Even though hate is a strong word, because no one really hates we, anybody. We anything, don't hate anybody. It, right. The act. So, so that that's always been my 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 belief. And of course, this is this is easy. The Pope. Because newspaper reporters do the same thing. I talked to the Pope, and he said this. Then they go to the Pope people. And the Pope's people say, well, he's not going to talk about what he said. And same thing with this. This, this guy who, who was quoted said he discussed this with Francis, and he said, Juan Carlos, I don't care about you being gay. God made you that way and loves you as you are, and I don't mind. The Pope loves you as you are. You have to be happy with who you are. So the Vatican people are like going, um, we're not, he had a private conversation with this guy. We're not right. going to talk about the Pope's private conversations. So in my opinion, this doesn't matter in any way, shape, or form because unless the Pope comes out and says this as a matter of a brand new doctrine uh, doctrine, or, 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 or encyclical or whatever, whatever it happens to be, uh, then, then at this point, it's irrelevant. But the problem is, I think the people in the media, and again, I don't know this seem to want to believe that he believes that. Yes. And so it doesn't matter who says it. I mean, just some, you, you, it's kind of weird how some guy who said he talked to the Pope yeah. suddenly becomes like some of the biggest news around the world when we don't know whether, we don't know what the Pope said. That's a great point. I never really even looked at it that way when it came out. Yeah. I mean, the guys that go and the Pope told me yeah, that, you like, know, and be like, yeah, me coming out and be like, hey, Jamie told me this is really his opinion on yeah, this. Yeah, right. And you never say anything about it. Yeah. The Pope told me that deep down inside, rabbits are really fish. Right. Like, he did? And then he asked the Vatican. Well, he can't. He, he, won't, comment he can't really that. comment on that. On that, on that. 
But yeah, I mean, so so I don't really know. So so basically, it, it allows the media and anybody else to say anything they want to point. about this, and it's a, it's a fairly monumental thing, uh, at least in the Catholic Church, when the Pope says something uh, or is quoted as saying something. It's, it's, it has it has a variety of impact on the church and, and the people yeah. in it. So to me, it's a little reckless to just kind of like quote one guy and 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 make that the Pope's yeah. new interpretation or new belief about homosexuality when you really don't know what he thinks. The media would love for the Pope to come out and say that, though, because, you know, in my opinion, again, it's it's part of the watering down of, of the culture. If they can further water down what what they believe Christianity or Catholicism is, it's uh, it's a win for the liberal media. Yeah. And, and I happen to be, and of course, I'm I'm probably would be more I'm more uh, my libertarian yeah. side of me. I really don't care who gets married and and, and that kind of thing. Although I, I think, according to the Catholic Church, I'm I'm supposed to evangelize against it. I, I think I don't know, but 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 the the mere fact that I'm saying I don't care who gets married <laughs> probably is something that some Catholics would say, dude. That's not even. It's like you know, I know, but I have too much to work. I gotta go get my kid a phone. And I got. I gotta get uh, two burrito bowls. I gotta get <laughs> two uh, chicken, uh, whatever they are, yeah. quesadillas. Yeah. I gotta get uh, cheese uh, with chips, and I gotta get uh, guacamole <laughs> with chips. How can I be concerned about who's getting married when I have all this stuff to do? That's what I'm saying. I want to talk about more of that tomorrow. Oh yeah, no, we should. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's. I think it's it's an important thing. It is. But but mainly, I think the problem is that you need to make sure that you are very careful with what you read and how you consume it, because at this point in the game, anybody could say the Pope told them anything, and it'll be reported yeah. uh, by by the Los Angeles Times. And the Vatican will just say, well, no, we can't talk about it. Well, at that point, then, then the, the, the Los Angeles Times and some dude ha- have just reestablished Catholic Church teaching. It's like, right. that doesn't really work that way. That'll be the headline, is Catholic Church <laughs> uh, adopts uh, <laughs> yeah. homosexuality. Right. You exactly. know? Yeah. 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 So I'm just saying, just be, just be careful, that's all. Yeah. Wow. We I covered know. some topics today. We did, man. Every time, every time you described the cage going down in AT&T, <laughs> I thought about the zoo story <laughs> where we're watching Jamie in his natural environment. You know, technically, if you're really thinking about it in a, in a kind of a deeper micro, I'm on LSD way, there might have been like some microbe. I might have actually been at what they think is a zoo. So some like ant, that's what the, they go to the Galleria. And that's their zoo. And there might be some, yeah, there might be some ants like who have a radio show debating whether or not the Galleria should be free, or should people charge to go see almond trapped behind a cage at the AT and T store? Honey, he's barefoot. (laughs) Here, read about him. All right, folks, have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Radio Free Almond, everybody. Good morning.